This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. I guess this is it from Super Bowl 54. We've made it to Friday. Well, it's not really it. It's it for Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. This convention center, we it has been our home for the week. We will say goodbye to it later tonight. And then it's on to Hard Rock Stadium for a football game on Sunday. So we have made it, and we've got a fantastic show lined up. Nothing like the host of the show telling you it's a fantastic show. Hey, it's going to be a fantastic show. <laughs> now we have to deliver on it. Um, <laughs> we do have Maurice Jones-Drew, and I thought he was really good. And almost like to the point of fired up, ticked off kind of Maurice Jones-Drew at the Jags lately. Uh, it, you know, he is such a fan of the organization, and he's prideful in that, which is cool. But uh, he wants to get this thing fixed, and you can tell. And so we try to fix the Jaguars a little bit. Austin Lane catches up with Eric Fisher this week. Uh, of course, the offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll have a little bit of our conversation with Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. How are they going to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs? I caught up with Gardner Minshew last night. Tracy Chapman, fast car, might have been part of the conversation. You'll have to wait and find out. Plus... We are giving away a Rennes Pizza Party for Sunday's big game and your party. So we'll announce a winner on that. we got some pretty fun entries, uh, including Kuzas, although he can't win. Uh, that is coming up later on in the show. Brent Martineau here. Stuart Weber here as well, continuing to edit away and work away. Meanwhile, back in Jacksonville. Austin Lane, Coos, Marcel Robinson. We're spread out amongst the state of Florida and uh, trying to get this thing done. Super Bowl 54. What's up, Austin Lane? Nothing too much, man. Just got done shooting a little uh, video with Marcel Robinson. Um, talking about the San Francisco 49ers defense a little bit. Kind of, you know, talking about that wide nine that they've implemented this year and what sets them apart from a lot of defenses in the NFL right now. All right, uh, looking forward to that. A little TV for you this weekend on our specials. We have two one-hour shows, CBS 47 and Fox 30, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, and then Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on Super Bowl Sunday. So looking forward to that. And Austin Lane makes an appearance well, or two uh, in the programs. I'm going to be honest. You should be looking forward to it because there's a lot of good information there. I'm not looking forward to it from the standpoint, and it's not something I haven't said to Marcel Robinson already, but the dude came in rocking like this blue snakeskin uh, suit coat today with things were in a or tie, too, as well. He was looking really good, and you know me, man, casual Fridays, casual Friday every single day. I was not looking so good. So standing next to Marcel Robinson, I look like an absolute bum, but hopefully um, the, the viewers can look past that and focus on the football information. Well, hopefully. We might have to just cover it up with a lot of video or something. Now we're talking. Um, But, hey, you are who you are. You are who you are. uh, This thing kind of came together late. Uh, I can't believe uh, Marcel probably spent, ever since I told him uh, this afternoon around 1.15, he probably spent the next hour and five minutes getting his outfit ready. (laughs) Uh, No doubt about that. Meanwhile, you just had what you had on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like Marcel Robinson's always ready, though, dude. You know, the the guy brings his A game, no matter the occasion. So I feel like he got the text message, going to shoot some video, and it's like Superman with Clark Kent, right? Like he's got it underneath, uh, you know, his, his business suit ready to roll. And I feel like Marcel Robinson had the jacket underneath something else, maybe a hoodie or something, so he was ready to roll as well. Hey, I was thinking of this a little bit earlier. I kind of like the ebb and flow of Super Bowl week. You know, in a sense, on Wednesday, I I told somebody, I said, man, it feels like we've been here two weeks. Uh, You know, on Sunday when we got here, 
you're like, okay, you know, I kind of know what to expect. It's another Super Bowl, but you almost don't know what to expect, too. You're kind of curious how it's going to be, what it's going to feel like. So then on Wednesday, you've been here for a few days, and it's kind of like, it's not like it's getting old. Well, I'm glad to be here. Nothing like that. But it just was like, wow, we've been here a long time, it feels like. And now we get to Friday, and it's almost like, hey, this week's kind of gone by pretty quick. Here we are. I mean, the last 48, 72 hours has really been a buzz in Miami, in this building especially. Earlier today, this place was rocking. Uh, a little surprised by the Friday crowd. So uh, I like the ebbs and flows of this week, and now we get probably a good 36 hours of waiting time. But not really for us because we have Tony Baselli news hopefully tomorrow and good news uh, coming down with the Hall of Fame, maybe even Leroy Butler. And then you've got the game Sunday. So I kind of love the ebbs and flows of the week. I know we've been talking about it a lot, but we really haven't spent a lot of time on the football game, 49ers and Chiefs. You know, if you're from San Francisco, if you're from Kansas City, if you're a national person, you might be breaking down this game for two hours every day. We didn't treat it like that this week. We've talked a lot of Jags, a lot of other things, a lot of interviews going on. Uh, But now it kind of feels like, all right, let's do this thing, right? Let's talk a little football about a big game coming up Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I've been kind of teasing it all week, I guess, where it's an intriguing matchup where I really don't know what's going to happen. You know, like my knowledge, I can say, well, they might do this or they might do this, but but I honestly, I, I really don't know. And when I say I really don't know, it's more on the 49ers than it is on the Chiefs because I think we know what Kansas City is going to bring to the table. They're, they're going to bring their high-powered offense. They're going to throw the ball around. They're going to get their receivers involved, whether it's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, or Miko Hardman, or some guy we probably haven't heard of yet, but he runs a 4-3. That's just how deep they are um, at the receiver position. So you kind of know what Kansas City is going to bring to the table. But the question is San Francisco. Is San Francisco, are they going to play a slower style game, pounding the rock, or are they going to try to go punch for punch with the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, and we've seen in the past when teams try to do that, when teams go punch for punch at Patrick Mahomes, and especially Andy Reid on that bye week with his chance to prepare, it doesn't really turn out well for them. But having that offensive line on San Francisco, having that running game, and the running game also with those backs who are also fantastic receivers, um, it's an interesting matchup. And to me, it all depends what San Francisco is going to try to bring the table yeah listen i think it's fascinating because i don't know you know we talk about andy reed and and i think all the accolades for andy reed are right i I think they should be i think we're talking less about kyle shanahan one because he was part of a team that blew that super bowl 28 to 3 for atlanta to the new england patriots so it comes with a question mark almost but i think people are sleeping on shanahan's ability to scheme and what he's been able to do and also i think they're sleeping on the idea that don't be surprised if jimmy garoppolo throws it all over the yard i know they can run the ball i know they like to run the ball i know you want to keep it away from kansas city but i would not be shocked to see garoppolo come out firing in this game and almost that's to me the curiosity i know what kansas city's going to do the, the question is can san francisco stop it i'm not sure what uh, San Francisco is going to do offensively. I, I don't know if they will sit there and just pound, 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 or if they will try to surprise the Chiefs a little bit. Because, listen, this Chiefs defense still can be very vulnerable uh, in both the run and pass game. So Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, the big X factor in this game, along with Kyle Shanahan, what kind of game plan. And, again, don't just because he had that, that, that bad moment in the Super Bowl, and I, I'll call it that because he blew a lead of that size and he made some mistakes, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan did. This guy is a very, very bright offensive mind. And uh, in this game, I feel like that's been a little bit of an underrated storyline. Well, and, and here's the irony of it. And you said that, you know, Kansas City, they're vulnerable in the run and, and in the pass as well. 
But the irony of this game is if you were to analyze the 49ers' defense right now and where they're really vulnerable, and let's be honest, they're not really vulnerable in any spot. I mean, they're, they're probably the best defense in the NFL, maybe behind the Patriots at number two. We'll see. But I think where you can exploit the 49ers is the fact that even out of base formation, even when you have 11 personnel and they're in that wide nine, you can run the ball in them a little bit. Now, running the ball, Kansas City's not really known to run the ball that much. I think Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher in the AFC Championship game. They have Shady McCoy, who it seems like they've been maybe resting or if he's actually hurt and he has been playing a lot. But they have, hopefully, a healthy Shady McCoy. They have Williams in the back. It's almost crazy to say, but I wonder if Kansas City goes with a more balanced attack and tries to exploit that defensive line, especially out of that wide nine scheme where they run the ball a little more to set up the pass. Because that's what I would – I mean, I'm not going to expect them to do that. I don't think Shanahan would expect them to do that. But I think that if you truly want to beat the 49ers and keep them guessing on defense, you try to run the ball, especially in the beginning. So I'm curious to see from Andy Reid's standpoint, and let's be honest, we talk about Andy Reid all the time, his ability to game plan. You give him more than a week – He's almost unbeatable. I wonder if Andy Reid has seen that as well, as when you run the ball early against the 49ers, it opens up things later in the game. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a fun watch. And, and th- during the course of the show, in and out of some interviews and some Jags talk and Gardner Minshew talk, we'll talk a little, little bit more about this game, including uh, some prop bets that come along, some crazy things about the Super Bowl when it comes to Maybe your personal life, not just you, Austin. I mean, everybody. Uh, food consumed, all this stuff. I mean, the, the Super Bowl is just is nuts when you think about it. And, and you go, you're like, yeah, yeah, I know it is, I know it is, I know it is. And then they throw out these numbers and analytics on some of the things, like how many calories you'll eat on a Sunday. It's like, holy cats, really? Like, that's what the average person consumes? It's unbelievable. So uh, there's a lot of fun stuff we'll have along, uh, including those prop bets, which is uh, always a fun thing. And they've got some crazy ones. Uh, we'll have that coming up in, in just a little bit. So a lot of Super Bowl 49 talk we've 49. Super Bowl 54 talk with the 49ers <laughs> and the Chiefs. And... Uh, we, we've kind of stayed away from just dissecting the game. We'll give you a little bit of our thoughts along the way here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. You know what else I'm documenting? Yesterday, it was like Taco Taco, and it took three hours to get tacos. And we saw earlier in the week a dog in a stroller and a Phillies jersey. Yeah. And yesterday, it was a, a, or two days ago, it was a cat in a stroller with a hat on. Saw something different yesterday, too, man. Hit me with it. We got, a, we got an Uber driver, a Lyft driver. Which one was it? Lyft? Uh, Stewart's been using the lift. He gets like bonus points for using the lift, I guess. Nice. Ten times bonus points. Wow. Uh, Stewart is all about the coupons. I'm I'm not going to complain about that. You know, I'm more of an Uber guy, obviously, but it it is what it is. It is what they got to bring their prices down, I guess, or maybe offer twelve times the bonus points. Uh, Whatever it is. Anyway, this um, nice lady is is driving us back from where the Gardner Minshew interview was, and. We're about back to our hotel. It was a fine ride. Nothing uh, to complain about. But I do notice I've never seen somebody drive like this before. She had her left leg crossed over her right, like, knee driving. Like, I've seen people drive with their foot out the window. I've seen people drive with their, their foot, like, up on the dash almost. But I've never seen somebody drive, like, just picture sitting in your chair right now. You might be doing it right now. Yeah, I, I feel like just, I'm doing it right now. Your left. Yeah, well, that's how she was driving. But, I mean. That doesn't seem comfortable. 
Have oh, you ever driven oh. like that? With no, your... I mean, I, I've never driven like that because my hips and my mobility will not allow me to drive like that. Now, was this a younger woman, older woman? Give me some yeah. details here. Yeah, I can work off this, Brent. Younger? I didn't get a super good look, but uh, I think it was. I would say on the younger side. Younger yeah. side, okay. Was but she... we've... Oh, go ahead. No, we even like one time again. It was an it was a smooth ride for the most part, but we kind of came up on some traffic, and it was a little bit of a heavy break. Didn't even budge. Like the 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 knee, the leg crossed on the knee. Didn't even budge. Didn't move. Nothing. Was she wearing jeans or athletic wear? Wear. She was wearing jeans. Ooh, okay. See, now that this is a different story. Because I was going to say athletic wear, I get it. You're flexible. You got the hip mobility. You just, you know, you're trying to feel comfortable. I can understand that, especially if you're on the smaller side. But now when you add jeans to the equation, I'm not sure if you ever try to, you know, stretch in jeans before, but it's not easy. Now, I get there's some jeans out there that are a little more breathable, a little more flexible. But, yeah, that's definitely an interesting thing. I can't say that I've seen that a lot. I can understand it if you're super flexible. If, if you're like a yoga person, then, yeah, maybe you want to open up the hips a little more. But doing it in jeans, I feel like, is counter, uh, you know, counterproductive. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, I... I, I... I don't think it would be very comfortable to begin with. You know, it's like it's like some people like to sit Indian style. You know, yeah. Uh, is that okay to say that? Like Indian style, right? Yeah, um, you're good. And uh, okay, just checking. I mean, everything I say these days, I feel like I gotta be careful about what I say. Sure. But uh, I can't sit like that. Like that is uncomfortable. <laughs> Like, do you sit like that? You know, you ever been on a floor? Do you sit like that? Like, oh, you yeah. sit in elementary I school like that. Well, you know, I could never do it. I had to sit on my knees, man. I just couldn't do it. So if I ever find myself, like, at a music festival uh, with my, you know, friends or my wife or something like that, and you know, like, how festivals work, I mean, it's the entire day, right? So you see a show, there's, like, an hour lull, then there's another show, hour lull. So, like, between those lulls, when there's nobody playing, I'll sit Indian style all day because I kind of have to to kind of stretch out a little bit. So, yeah, I, I have no problem sitting Indian style. Um it's not my preferred uh, seat of choice, but if I'm on the ground or if I'm like camping or something like that, and there's no chairs. Also, Indian style all day, man. We like to call that crisscross what? applesauce. Crisscross applesauce. Yes, crisscross applesauce. Crisscross applesauce. <laughs> Make that jump. is true too. Take your wiggity uh, wax out of the very store. Good. You, you should teach an elementary school class. <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> Here you come uh, for coos. All right. Hey, when we come back, I caught up with Gardner Minshew last night. Ask him a little bit about Tracy Chapman, so you have to hang on for oh, that. I can't wait. But ask him a lot about football, too, about the RV trip, about everything. Uh, but uh, interesting things he said about football moving forward in 2020, uh, I think that could pique your interest a little bit. So Gardner Minshew and our conversation with the Jaguars' now second-year quarterback coming up. And that's coming up from Super Bowl 54 in South Florida. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You understand that the, you don't get these opportunities all, all the time. I mean, you have to go out there and really take advantage of it. Um, I, I'm with a great group of guys that that I, I want to go out there and execute and have fun and win games with. And so um, we understand that it, it, it's a lot happening, but uh, we're, we en- we're enjoying every minute of it and having fun doing it. Well, that's Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. You know, there's just a season nature to Mahomes. Uh, His dad played professional baseball. Maybe that has something to do with it. He's so comfortable in his skill set. Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, He looks and sounds beyond his years in handling all of this and also grasping the idea that this doesn't come around all the time, even when you're good, if you're good. You can be good for a long time, and it it doesn't mean you get to this game, so you have to seize the opportunity. The one other thing about uh, Patrick Mahomes, doesn't sound fatigued. 
uh, after a week full of these interviews. I mean, there's a lot on these guys, interview-wise, to uh, meet with the media at their hotels and, and before practices, after practices. Uh, also, the big opening night, media night back on Monday. It's a long stretch uh, and a lot of media availability. So Patrick Mahomes seems like he's still got energy to him, and I think you have to wade through some of that stuff here on uh, at the Super Bowl, and uh, specifically Super Bowl 54. Brent Martineau, Stuart Weber back here in Miami, uh, Austin Lane, Coos back in the Action Sports Shack studios, and Gardner Minshew, you gave me a task yesterday when I – Caught up with Gardner Minshew, Austin. Tell yeah. everybody what it was. Give them a little background story. Well, here's how this, this story really started. And it was when you were out of town, Brent, and John Bachman actually came up with this idea to uh, make a Gardner Minshew playlist. You know, like when he was in his RV, what would be on his playlist? So uh, John Bachman, myself, and I think Stuart had a song uh, as well. We each picked ten songs that we would find on Gardner Minshew's playlist. And one of those songs from my playlist was Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. Because, number one, it's about driving. It's a good driving song. But, number two, it's just, in my opinion, it's a badass song. It's unique, and I feel like it fits Gardner Minshew's taste very well. Well, John Bachman did not agree. So, honestly, probably the biggest debate so far that I've had on the show between somebody has been whether or not... Gardner Minshew enjoys Tracy Chapman's fast car, and me and John obviously went back and forth. So there's a lot on the line right now. There's bragging rights. There's pride. And I guess just my overall thoughts of Gardner Minshew could change drastically if he does not indeed listen to Tracy Chapman's fast car. Oh, boy. Uh, Well, here's the deal. You also said, you also told me, I have to start the interview, essentially. Yes. uh, With, how are you? Yeah. And Tracy Chapman fast car thoughts. Yes, exactly. Right? Yes, yep. Right? That, so, yep. That, that was your assignment. Well, that was your any, homework. Without any further ado, <laughs> let's you catch up with Gardner Minshew <laughs> from last night at his breaking tea event, uh, an event with um, Peter King and a little Q&A over at the Concrete uh, Beach Brewery, and very good place, cool place, good atmosphere. And then right after that event, we caught up with Gardner Minshew. Listen in, Austin. How are you doing, first of all? Oh, I'm doing great, man. There's, there's uh, you know, not many better places to be than right here. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Thoughts? It's a great song. Um, it did not get played on the RV trip. We listened to a ton of music, but that was not one of them. He's going to be highly disappointed, but that's all right. It's good to know. What did you play? What what did you rock to? Basically everything else. <laughs> I mean, you got that many hours in a car, you're going to listen to about everything. I know you've been asked a million times. We've been asked more about the RV trip or the million-dollar mustache. Ooh, probably the RV trip for sure. The million-dollar mustache is still pretty fresh. Is it? How's that going? What what inspired it? Is that the real deal? Yeah, no, I, I shaved it when I was um, in 2017 at East Carolina. Um, it wasn't strong enough, so I knew I needed to shave it. But uh, you know, there's definitely an attachment there, um, and it was tough to part with. You kept it. Yeah, shaved shaved it into a bag right there under my lip. Uh, 18-day RV trip. Just a blast, huh? No, it was awesome. Saw so many things for the first time. Like, that was such a cool experience. Like, I'd never, outside of, like, playing there, never been to California, never been to Las Vegas, Telluride, like, so many, Grand Canyon. It was an incredible trip. Uh, and you passed out with the Thunderbirds. I did, man. 9.1 Gs is no joke. I uh, made it 8.8 and was good. Um, they asked if I was ready for it. I was like, we might as well try. So. I'm surprised. I heard you say you'd never do it again. 
I might would do it again. I'm, I'm gonna need some time, but it takes a physical toll. Like those dudes are like, they're no joke. Like they are. There's some serious preparation that needs to go in there. Right, you work out a lot for football and you, and you get yourself ready, but this tour in Miami, this you've been everywhere. Do you have the endurance for it? Yeah, no, it's not bad. Um, you know, getting to meet a lot of cool people. Like, just sat down with Peter King, who's, like, one of the guys I've always looked up to and always listened to his Monday Morning Quarterback podcast. Um, you know, so to be one of the guys that he gets to interview, that's, like, so cool. How are you doing from a football standpoint? Was the rest good? Yeah, it was great. You know, I had some, you know, nicks and, um, you know, bangs and bruises, you know, here and there. It was good to, you know, rest up. I was working out still. Um, but I really get back into football specifics this week. You brought it up. You said it's an open competition. Uh, what's the mindset there? Is that just kind of your mindset anyway? You've kind of been dealing with that for five or six years, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, whether it's whether it's Nick there or whether it's somebody else, it's going to be a competition. Um, and that's how you know that's how you got to view it. Because um, I think through that, that's the only way to get the team better is when they see, especially at the quarterback spot, that these guys are really trying to get themselves better for the team. How important, from your standpoint, though, is it to kind of embrace the team? say hey I'm the guy but you can't really say I'm the guy unless you're the guy yet no I mean I think that's earned that's not something you're going to say and it's magically going to happen it's something they're, they're going to see you know with how you work with how you play um, and then that'll happen um, you know naturally do you feel like you've done that a little bit laid the groundwork what you did your rookie season and I mean, we had DJ on the other day he said he saw you in the weight room at the facility and he said I was going to take a few days off and then he inspired I got to get back in the weight room yeah no I mean you know I think you know we've done a lot of good things this year a lot of things that we can build on um, and I think it's only the start of what we can be and I'm very excited uh, to see what we're going to build into this next year. What do you think about Jay Gruden? Uh, I know you haven't really had a chance to do much with it but just the acquisition of Jay Gruden. Yeah, no, very excited. Um, you know, obviously, that's, you know, you see what he did with the young Andy Dalton. Uh, was very successful. Three straight playoff trips in Cincinnati his last time as a coordinator and then they've had years in uh, Washington as well where they've been very good, very efficient offensively um, and I think he's going to be a good fit for what we have. What's the challenge of that for you but also the entire offense, a new offense? Yeah, it's a new offense. Um, you know, it's it's West Coast, so I know a lot of the guys have familiarity with that system. Um, and we did some West Coast stuff this past year, so it'll be it'll be good. It'll be a transition, but I know guys are excited for that challenge. Year two, the rest of the continuity good, keeping Doug and, and a lot of that staff. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have a lot of guys that believe in you know our coaches, and they believe in us. Um, and you know, I think it's big to you know build and have that continuity. You not like the idea that you can't talk really to Gruden, right? You can't really do much until, I think it's April time. Yeah, I mean, I understand the rules, um, you know, for sure, trying to protect players. Um, you know, I, I personally, like, I, I'm itching to get back. You know, wish you could, you know, talk to those guys, get a feel of what we're going to be doing. Um, but, no, I understand why the rules are in place. I saw you said yesterday, almost apologize for saying at the end of the year that you had as good, if not a better, better uh, than some of the rookies. So why did you think you needed to do that? I mean, it was kind of reality, wasn't it? No, I, I mean, I just take a step back and, um, you know, I'm not, I don't, you know, want to be an ego guy. It's not a me guy. It's not about anything I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm trying to be the best guy I can be for our team. Uh, and that's irrelevant to anything that anybody's doing outside. Um, you know, when it comes time to make that call, it's not my call. It's, you know, it's, it's somebody else's call um, as to who's the best, who's worth whatever. Uh, but it's not mine. 
why is Jacksonville such a good fit? You mentioned it. They're your yeah. people. You found your people. Why? Yeah, no, I think it's just a bunch of blue collar, like hardworking people. Um, and I've kind of identified, they've kind of identified the same traits in me. And uh, I, I really think it's, uh, you know, where I was supposed to be for this part of my career. You're going to get working again soon, right? I mean, what's yeah. the offseason like for you? What are you improving on once you get fully healthy? Yeah, so I'll be down in um, Naples starting. I'm actually going to be there Sunday. Um, and it's going to be full time working out, strength, speed, and then throwing mechanics. Uh, really excited to dive into the film, try to find themes of things that I've, you know, maybe consistently missed on, um, and you know, address those, fix those, and um, you know, get better for next year. Do you have an idea of one fix that you'd love to make a big leap at? Uh, I mean, I was just specifically when I'm moving to my right. You know, after my first couple steps been throwing, I was a little inaccurate there. Um, you know, it's just from some of the initial film work. Um, and then there's obviously always things you're always working strength speed um you know always trying to make your arm stronger um more accurate um but you know specific technique things will be found through film study last one you big football fan you gotta watch this game what do you like do you have an opinion on it yeah no i think it's it's gonna be a great game we got to play the chiefs earlier in the year when we saw firsthand how explosive they can be uh the 49ers incredible defense very consistent on offense um but man the Chiefs, they can be down for three quarters, you know, not look good, but then they just turn it on, and they can be really dangerous. So it's going to be a good game. Yeah, appreciate it. That is Gardner Minshew, Jaguars quarterback. Is he the starting quarterback? Is he the backup quarterback going into 2020? Uh, well, we will soon enough find out. Uh, well, maybe not soon enough, really. It could play out for quite a bit. Brent Martineau here at Super Bowl 54 in Miami as we welcome... Austin Lane back in uh, in Jacksonville. All right, let's start from the top, man. Sorry, Tracy Chapman, fast car, liked it. Okay, the, the sound effects not not helping. The, the fact that Gardner Minshew said he played every song except for Tracy Chapman's fast car. Um, I'm super bummed right now. I, I thought I had a good understanding of Gardner Minshew when he sold his mustache and said he's going to donate to the Human Fund. I was the guy that said it's from the, that's actually from a Seinfeld reference. I didn't hear anybody else saying it was from a Seinfeld reference. So I thought we had a pretty good bond, both like Seinfeld. We're both into jean shorts. We've rocked bandanas before. But I'll be honest with you, Brent, I'm, I'm back at square one right now, and I'm just trying to make it through the day right now. Well, at least he said he, you could tell he genuinely liked Tracy Chapman, almost to the point where when I asked him about it, he was like, son of a gun, I should have played it. You know? Like that, that's kind of the way I felt from him. I mean, if you want to call it a moral victory, that's tri- fine. I'm trying to make you feel better, man. Yeah, yeah, I understand, man. I'm trying I'm, to lift you up heading into the weekend. I'm, I'm just trying to prep myself for John Bachman laughing in my face when he comes in the office. I'm just trying to prep <laughs> myself for a lot of things right now. And listen, I was wrong. Uh, there's no moral victories in football or in life as far as I'm concerned, especially in sports radio. And uh, I'm just dealing with it right now. But props to you, man, for keeping your word. The second question you ask him, just out of the blue, <laughs> Tracy Chapman, fast car, your thoughts. Insane. Yeah. That's a good way to get an interview going with, with Gardner Mitchell good when you know you have, like, five minutes tops. Good icebreaker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we did get to the football stuff. Anything stick out to you uh, as, as you think about it? I will say the one thing I thought was interesting when I asked him, and it, I thought, first of all, it was interesting that he's not only going to go work out next week and get after it again. That's That's not surprising. The guy loves to work. Uh, we found that out when we went to his hometown in Mississippi. No surprise, loves to work. He, DJ Chark told us earlier in the week he was in the facility 
The guy loves to work, so no yeah. surprise. Uh, it almost was beneficial that he got away in this RV to rest his bar- body because he was banged up coming out of the season, no doubt. He was playing with a pretty significant shoulder bruise uh, late in that year. But I think what was notable, I love to hear him say, I'm going to go over the film. Like When I feel like guys are going to work out, and this might be common, but in my mind, I think, okay, they're going to go work on their throwing mechanics. You know, they're going to work on their footwork. They're going to get in shape, all those things. But he illustrated that he's really going to go to the film and look at what he can do better in 2020, in year two in the NFL. And then when I specifically asked him for one thing, I mean, he was super specific. You know, yeah. I thought he might say footwork or stay in the pocket a little longer or something like that. He's like, when I'm rolling to my right, I need to be better. I need to be more accurate. He said the early look at film, he noticed when he was rolling to his right, he wasn't as good as he wanted to be. I mean, that's super specific. So we'll tell you the detail that Gardner Minshew has on his game and his attack on this offseason. Uh, I thought that part of the interview to me was pretty eye-opening. Well, and it just goes to show you too, Brent, just how, I guess, cerebral he is, right? Because for him to be that specific in what he has to work on, I mean, you ask, you know, most quarterbacks the question, I have to work on my hand, you know, placement or my footwork and all that, you know, my shoulders being pointed a certain direction. But no, I mean, Gardner Minshew has obviously been watching film of himself. He's been critical of himself, which is an important thing. It's not the easiest thing to do as a football player, especially, you know, in an ego-driven league where, you watch yourself and you're like, oh man, I have to do better here. I have to do better there. But it sounds like Garner Minshew has definitely done that. What I took out of it, I mean, I took a couple things obviously away from that interview, which was fantastic, by the way. Props to you for getting that. But what I took away from it was kind of the change in demeanor and tone about how he's trying to take the more humble approach, I guess you would say, right? Because when the season was over and they asked him, you know, when, when you compare stats to the rookie other, you know, the other rookie quarterbacks in the league, where do you rank? And he basically flat out said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm better than all of them. You know, my, my stats indicate that. And I don't think anybody yeah. would argue that, Brent. You know, so it's kind of interesting now from the standpoint of, I don't want to say he's backtracking a little bit, but now he's kind of taking a different approach and saying, well, you know, it's not about me. Um, you know, I should have said that and things like that. Well, guess what, dude? At the end of the day, you threw 21 touchdowns and six interceptions as a rookie, you know? So... If anything, do celebrate that. Do kind of have that that swagger a little bit, that chip on your shoulder. Because at the end of the day, your rookie year, you were a six-round pick that no one thought you were going to do anything. I'll be honest with you. And that was your chip on on your shoulder. Going into this up-and-coming season now, you're a, you're a second-year player. You're, 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 you're not a first-round or a second-round or a third-round or a sixth-round. Now you're just Gardner Minshew, you know, a guy who's been in the league for a little bit now. And I think if you have to kind of get a chip on your shoulder – why not say that you're the best rookie quarterback coming out of, into this season and kind of have that mindset? Now, maybe he does have that mindset still. Maybe that's still deep ingrained in his thought process, but now maybe he's just kind of take it easy, pull the reins off a little bit of how he's presenting himself to the media. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, and, and I like that's the way I phrased it to him, Austin. I said, why are you apologizing? You know, you don't need to apologize for that. That was what it was. I don't think he said it in a condescending way, a look-at-me kind of way. Back on the the last day we could talk to the players in Jacksonville, I remember asking him the question, and and that's where the answer came from. And so I was a little surprised this week in Miami. I think he was on with Eric Mangini and uh, another show, First Things First. I think it was uh, a Fox show. And I was surprised when that came up. Like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. I didn't get that at all. And... I think a little bit of it is Minshew, 
for his entire life, and this goes all the way back to high school, has had this chip, but also has had to defend himself, has had to tell everybody, I'm, so what if I'm shorter? So what if I don't have the arm strength? So what if I'm not fast? So what if I'm this or that? It, it, he's, he's always had to do that. People have questioned him, not fans as much as coaches and scouts and all the rest. They've always questioned him and not believed in him. So I think he's always had to say, have that attitude about it. Like, ha- say, I'm the guy, and I can be the guy, and I believe I'm the guy, and nobody's going to beat me out type of mentality. So you like that in your quarterback. The other thing about it is we said this with DJ Chark, right? Uh, he's the, the he's a dog, right? That's what the guys say. He's a dog. And when that's a compliment uh, on a football field, especially about your quarterback, when you can have that quarterback be an alpha dog even though he's a sixth-round guy and – Quite frankly, he's not really supposed to be. So I have no problem. Like, I don't think his teammates were put off by those comments at all. I don't really think anybody in the building were put off by those comments at all. I don't think anybody in the league were put off by those comments at all. I think it grabbed headlines because Minshew grabs headlines now. That's what happens. And maybe he looked at that internally and said, you know what, I don't want to grab headlines like that. That's not the way I want to be. It's not the way I, I want to lead. But I believe you have to have a certain part of that. And I like that part of Minshew. I don't think that was overboard. I don't even think it was up against the line when he said it like that. So I was a bit surprised that he did back off it this week. And I don't really think he needs to, quite honestly. I, I think that's okay. And there's a little bit of selling yourself right now. If you're Gardner Minshew, they have not handed him the job. So he's got to sell himself a little bit still to everybody. And I think he'll always feel like that to a degree, Austin. Well, yeah, and I guess he doesn't have the starting job yet, but let's be honest. He's going to win the starting job on the football field of what he does yep. you know, in the preseason games. It doesn't matter what you say off the field. That's not going to help you at all. What matters is what you do on the field. But I think maybe, too, and listen, if this is coming from a place in Gardner Minshew's mind where he's like, you know what, I have to ease up a little bit. Then so be it. Then that's fine. I mean, it's good that he, you know, he can tell himself, "I'm going to take it a little more easy." But if this is somebody else that's trying to manufacture his image and say, "You know what, man, you're being a little too critical. You're being a little too uh, egotistical right now. You shouldn't say things like that." Well, then I have an issue with that, you know. But I can see from the Baker Mayfield standpoint, Baker Mayfield was a guy that I loved because he kind of told it like it was going into the season, right? Like he was this brash, yeah. confident yeah. guy. Well, you heard Baker Mayfield at the Super Bowl in his interview says. I kind of put my foot in my mouth a little bit, and I kind of have to ease off the reins because, you know, it, it cost our team this year. So if it's genuine, I'm all for it. But if it's going to cost you energy, if it's something fake, then obviously it's going to hurt your team. It's going to be detrimental. And I think that's where he's coming from. I don't want to be a distracted distraction, even though I don't really think it is. We'll be back from Super Bowl 54 in Miami right after this with some of the crazy things happening at the Super Bowl, including weird stories. It's next. I would say the biggest challenge is uh, is going out there and playing football, man. It's uh, that, That's a great team over there. You know, you can talk all you want about the distractions, but at the end of the day, the ball is going to be snapped and you got to make plays. And that's a, it's a great defense over there. Um, and you know what? We're going to we're gonna have our work cut out for, for our work cut out for us, and it's going to be a grind. That's Travis Kelsey right there kind of saying how it is. You know, uh, forget about all the extra stuff. <laughs> two good football teams so the hardest thing will happen on the football field and that's interesting because sometimes in these kind of events you get someone that you think is a big time favorite and therefore you wonder what could throw that off and what could even things out do they play tight do they get wrapped up in the moment moment do they not have enough experience in the moment well you're looking at two football teams that 
and they have a little bit of experience in the moment. They have a lot of those kind of things that are pretty similar, and they're two good football teams that it's tough to predict. Most people will say, I'm kind of getting tired of that, actually. People saying, yeah, I really don't know which way to go with this game, but that's reality. That's what a lot of people are saying. That's why it's almost a pick em game, and that's why I'd be maybe thinking about putting a lot of money on the Chiefs, Austin Lane. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, if you, listen, anytime you put some money down, obviously it's going to make the game a little more entertaining. And if, if we're just talking about, you know, take the prop bets out of it, you know, uh, you can talk about the over and under a little bit. You can talk about the spread. I mean, is it, is it still at one right now for Kansas City? Last time you I checked? think it's like two. Or is it two I now? Two. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, honestly, I don't know though. It's a good call. Yeah. So uh, I think from the perspective of yeah, putting the money on the Chiefs. I mean, I had the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Um, I think they pull it out now. Am I a little biased because of Andy Reid? Possibly. Am I a little biased because I played in Kansas City? Maybe. But I, I just think from the standpoint of Andy Reid being able to game plan and just the weapons that they have, where you cannot stop everybody. Um, I just feel like this is the Chiefs' year. Now, once again, it comes down to what the 49ers going to do. Are they going to run the ball? Are they going to try to go punch for punch with uh, the Chiefs? So it's a lot on San Francisco, but the way I see it, even if they do try to slow the game down a little bit or even if they do try to kind of speed things up a little bit, you can't outrun the Kansas City Chiefs. And even if you do slow the game down, you saw it happen against Tennessee where they try to do the exact same thing, and Tennessee had their number. I'm sorry, but Kansas City had their number in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, all that chess match stuff comes down to San Francisco's defense primarily against Kansas City's offense. That's the biggest chess match going, and can they slow it down? I mean, I heard somebody, one of the, our guests said 28-24. They think Kansas City is like, wow, 28 points. If if San Francisco can hold Kansas City under 30 points, they have to like their chances to win this game. That might be the goal. Like, that, that should be your goal. Sure, anything else is gravy, but if you can hold this offense under 30 points, you would sign up for that right now and just hope you can get more points than that. I think that's the way you have to approach Kansas City almost all the time, but I would approach it that way. Oh, did we just lose Brent? Yeah, I think we lost him for uh, a second. We lost Brent a little bit. He'll be back momentarily. I guess uh, Radio Row right now is getting uh, you know some big feedback going with the Wi-Fi. A lot of people are using it. It is what it is. But to, to kind of get to Brent's point a little bit here about the Chiefs and the 49ers and you know what what is the 49ers, can they keep the Chiefs basically below 30 points? And I honestly don't think I don't see that happening. Now, I've been a big proponent of the Chiefs defense this year, especially what they're doing with, with the wide nine defense this year. I broke that down a little bit on the show. Um, you know, there's going to be a cool thing that me and Marcel Robinson did where I, I really get in depth in it. So if, if you're a defensive, uh, you know, kind of X and O's kind of person, definitely check that video out. But basically what it comes down to is this is can San Francisco stop the Chiefs from passing the ball over them. And if you watch the Green Bay game, yes, they did that. They shut down Devontae Adams. Um, Jimmy Graham didn't have a good game. Aaron Rodgers looked pedestrian. So it is possible. But the Kansas City Chiefs are an absolutely different monster. I'm reminded when I talked to Matt Patricia a little bit um, at the Senior Bowl of, I asked him, how would you guys slow down Patrick Mahomes? Because 
out of all the teams that play Patrick Mahomes this year, one could argue that the, that the Lions played him the best, and the Lions almost beat him. And he said, it's not stopping Patrick Mahomes. It's stopping Andy Reid. And that's exactly the way, if you're the 49ers, you have to approach the situation. What the Chiefs do so well, it's almost like they have a game plan for a person every single week. Where it's one week, yeah, Travis Kelsey goes off. The next week, Tyreek Hill goes off. The next week, Miko Hardman goes off. If you have any Kansas City Chiefs player in fantasy football, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe one week against the Jaguars, Sammy Watkins goes off. So they have so many different guys, and then they feature so many different guys on a week-by-week basis where if you're the 49ers right now, you're trying to game plan of like, all right, what do they like to do? What do they like to do? It's just it's impossible because... They beat you from so many different angles. And also talking to Matt Patricia, and he told me this, and I haven't shared this part yet either. He's like, you can't watch. So, for instance, if you feel the 49ers right now, what you'd want to do, obviously, is probably watch that Lions film because Patrick Mahomes got shut down by a lot um, from the Lions defensive line and then the scheme that they're playing on the back end. But unfortunately, and this is what Matt Patricia told me, you cannot game plan around an old game of Andy Reid because every single week he does something new. Every single week there's a new wrinkle. So it's never consistent. So just when you think you have an idea of what Andy Reid and the Chiefs offense is trying to do, they completely pull the rug from underneath you and they do something completely different. And speaking of that, and a guy who's going to have his hands full and has probably been staying up late nights in those Miami nights, not smoking hookah, not eating 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. dinners on the side. Uh, but I'm talking about Robert Sala and he's staying up late trying to figure out how to stop Andy Reid's defense. I'm sorry, Andy Reid's offense. I think Brent Martineau actually caught up with Robert Sala a little bit here. Um, hopefully to talk about some of those things. Let's go to that audio. Just a few years ago in Jacksonville as a linebacker coach, have you appreciated the journey now that it's stopping off in the biggest game? Always appreciate the journey. Win, lose, draw, it doesn't matter. Um, time in Jacksonville was unbelievable. Uh, the city's unbelievable. Uh, the ownership was unbelievable. So, and, and the people I worked with were un- unbelievable. So um, really appreciate my time out there, and it was that's it, all part of a journey. How much growth goes into it for you in just a short span? I mean, to become defensive coordinator, have your success, be you know linked to coaching jobs, and, and maybe make that next step. I, I think you're always trying to evolve, uh, regardless of what position you have, whether you're a QC, a position coach, coordinator, head coach. You're always trying to evolve your game. I always, I always mention that it's it's one thing to have experience. It's another thing to have one year of experience that you've repeated 15 times. And uh, and it's our job is not only players but as coaches and individuals to try to evolve with every passing year and so um, it has been a, a great learning experience over the last how many years I've been in the league so we're on the outside looking in from Jacksonville to where you are now but it looks a lot like that 17 defense in Jacksonville that we saw that was so prolific is it a like at all could, could, is that a fair comparison um, you could say so you know the front special the back end uh, it plays fast and uh, and the schemes are similar but um, there are some nuances that we've kind of we've kind of branched off from but I, I think washer and his staff do a phenomenal job with that group and uh and if, if we can be compared to them that'd be a pretty cool deal because they were special how much have you evolved the scheme i mean we get stuck in schemes but you're always tweaking right always always trying to do enough to make sure that the players can still play fast but uh we can present ourselves a little bit different no appreciate you 
Yeah, that's nice, and that's going to be actually be a nice little transition to later on um, during the weekend of when I catch up with uh, Chris Kosarek, the defensive line coach, and he'll talk about some of those intricacies. He'll talk about some of those changes, implementing the wide nine defense, which could be a defense going forward now, assuming Sala, um, you know, and and uh, Coach Wash have communication. Maybe Wash brings the wide nine to Jacksonville. It's a great way to get Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe on the field at the same time. We come back in ESPN 690 here in Action Sports Jacks. We catch up with Maurice Jones-Drew, who uh, gives a pretty passionate interview about ways that he can try to fix the Jaguars a little bit and try to get him back to the glory days, if you will. Brent caught up with him. Also talk some more Super Bowl, maybe some prop bets, and we'll be joined by John Bachman here uh, probably the next hour or so where he can gloat in my face because of Tracy Chapman and Gardner Minshew. Can't wait. More of that. I absolutely cannot stand that sound, but if you do it one more time, I'm going to throw a chair through the window. Coos, when we get back on ESPN 690. How many Tom Brady questions have you had to deal with this week? At least 50% of them. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I mean, it's, oh, it's probably man. close to 50%. <laughs> That's Jimmy Garoppolo. Guess what? He'll always have to answer the Tom Brady kind of questions. Not a bad connection, Jimmy G, to Tom Brady. How about that tweet, by the way, oh, God, from Tom Brady go. yesterday? Has has he come out since then and said anything? Have, have we figured it out? Is he going in or is he walking out? What's your take? going to be honest, Brent. Lost a lot of respect for Tom Brady last night. Almost all respect for Tom Brady. because Really? Here, yeah, absolutely, man. Because here's a guy who's accomplished everything he needs to accomplish in the NFL. Right, he has the Super Bowls. You're married to Giselle. You're sponsored by Uggs boots, so your feet are always comfortable. You literally have won the game of life. You 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 literally came out a six-round pick out of Michigan. You had the worst combine video ever. You look like you didn't know what you were doing. You ran like a five something, probably like a five five. 40, uh, the agility wasn't there, you looked ridiculous in your tall tee, everyone was making fun of you, and guess what? You proved all the haters, proved all the doubters wrong, and you are now officially the GOAT. And I will give you your props on that. But what I cannot come with you on, and what I cannot co-sign with you, is the fact that now, as old as you are, and as much of a veteran as you are, you're sending out cryptic tweets. Why? I was so excited to have to break this down no, with some no, like FBI is, no, not, investigation, no, bed what? music. It's one thing for Yannick Ngakwe because he's, he's a younger dude. I'm not breaking down a Tom Brady crypto tweet. I'm not going to do it because what does he get out of it? Dude, you're Tom Brady. Do you really get off on people trying to figure out what you're talking about? What is the point of putting out a cryptic tweet? Just just say what you want to say, dude. You're Tom Brady. Don't make us come on the radio show and, well, I don't know what this means. It looks like he's walking out of the tunnel, so maybe he's you know going to have another season in him. Dude, I literally don't care. No. Because uh, Austin's going there. like a self-righteous Twitter right now, so yeah. just play along with me. Is he walking in or is he walking out in the tweet? I think oh, yeah. I think he's walking out. See, that's See, what I, I, I kind of felt like he was walking in. I put my feet up. Uh, he's over. That's a tough one. <laughs> you can't I, see Austin, but he's over is, it. This is the easiest break I've ever had. I'm I don't care about Austin and, anymore, yeah, right? I'm, I'm putting he's my feet up. I'm not going to say anything. You don't, you, you, don't put out a, you don't put out a black and white photo unless it's something sad, which would be him leaving. Yeah, I thought it was a cool photo. <laughs> I was gonna see if Austin would take a picture of me walking out the I'm ESPN sure tour. Come with me on that either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys just keep uh, going. You guys are doing great. 
Yeah, that's all right. Hey, we're going to keep going right now, in fact. Uh, hey, I caught up with Maurice Jones-Drew, not about Tom Brady, but about everything Jags. And Maurice is so funny because he, I, I said this earlier in the show, he loves the Jags, really does. Like, he he hurts for the Jags because of their their downfalls at times. He Like, we talk quite a bit. We've had him on the show before, too. But he always wants to kind of know what's happening, and, and he stays in the know. And he talks to Shad Khan when he sees Shad Khan. He talks to players when he sees players. Uh, recently talked to Yannick Ngakwe about his situation. And so we had, I mean, all we needed was a couch here for a little therapy session on the Jags here at Super Bowl 54. I caught up with him uh, yesterday, and here he is on Mitchu, on Fournette, on Yannick Ngakwe, on Jalen Ramsey, on all the rest. Uh, we try to fix the Jaguars, Maurice Jones-Drew, and I, right now on ESPN 690. Uh, we are sitting here with the NFL Network's Maurice Jones-Drew, of course, really Jacksonville's Maurice Jones-Drew. And now it's time to play GM for the Jags because uh, – there, there's some it. problems, man. We got to figure some stuff out down there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, every every team has their own issues. Um, I think the biggest thing is making sure that the locker room is intact. Uh, and what I mean by that is you, you you can't continue to pay guys that aren't in your building. That that is one of the biggest things I remember being in Jackson when we had our issue. When I had my issue was that they went out and bought, they went out and paid a bunch of guys who weren't in our building who didn't end up producing what they were worth. Yet we had guys in the building that were making plays, and so it, it just it kind of fractured our locker room. Um, and that's the most important thing when you talk about championship teams and things like that. It, it's the locker room, the way they fit. You hear how the Niners talk, right? Um, the guys that they've paid or their high draft picks, they're, they're producing consistently. And that's what you want to have. And so for Jacksonville, I think it's, you know, okay, you've traded Jalen Ramsey. You've traded Fowler. You've traded all these first-round picks, right? Guys that are going other places and making plays and are about to get broke off. Those could be guys that would be in your locker room. So, um for me, it's making sure that you take care of Yannick Ngakwe, right? And that should have been taken care of a long time ago. Take care of it early. You know, my, my parents always tell me, like, you're going to pay. Either you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. You do, but you're going to pay, right? And, and that's what it comes down to. Like, I would rather get guys locked in early. And they may be upset at the, towards the end of their deal, but you know what? We, we, we came out and we got it done. And so um, I think the Jags are in a, a really sticky position, one with the, the unique Ngakwe situation, because now if I'm a player in that locker room, I've seen him make plays. If I'm Josh Allen, for example, I've seen him make plays, right? Um, and I see the fight that's going on for him to get paid. So then in my mind, I'm looking like, all right, well, is this going to happen to me? And so those are those are a lot of the questions that you have to ask if you're the GM. Um, so for me, my first thing is locking up guys that have made plays for us. Did you think uh, Jalen would ever work long term in Jacksonville? I know it went down kind of ugly, but do you think he would have ever stayed there anyway? I think he would have. I mean, from what I understood, that he was building a house and all these different things. Like at the end of the day, it, you 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 know he's an um, he, he's a, he's a talent you don't see come through the draft much right um his size his ability the way he plays um those guys don't they don't they don't you know uh come around a lot and so when you get those type of talents you 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 know i know people like we all treat everyone the same like like no that's not how the that's not how the real world works and so uh for me it's you know you were you were we is the jags i mean we had a couple bad seasons we were put in position where he probably could have went to dallas he probably should have went to dallas right but he failed to the jags in that situation and, and 
and yeah, like he, he has an attitude and he, he does certain things, but he's a football player. He's a phenomenal football player. We're in the business of winning. You don't have to like, we don't have to like me. I don't have to like you for us to, to work together. Um, and so I just feel like, you know, the way it went down just wasn't right. Um, and once there is disrespect uh, like that, I, I think it, it is best to move for, move on, but it should never get to that point. The last situation we saw, like Jan's potentially, was yours. No question. Uh, have you reached out to him at all? Has he huh. tried to reach out to you at all? Will you talk to him about uh, Not, this kind of stuff? You know, I, I always try to keep my personal business to my personal business because I think everyone's situation is different. Um, well, we, we did have a conversation, though, um, yesterday, and I think the biggest thing is communication. Um, don't play the game in the media. Um, that's kind of where mine went a little bit, and I, I refuse to do that because, to me, it, you know, we're talking about business. Like, that doesn't need to go in the media. It needs to be face-to-face. We need to have, sit down and have a conversation. I can tell you how I feel. You can tell me how you feel, and we can move on. Either we agree or we don't, or we agree to disagree, and we, it, it is what it is. Um, sometimes in the front office, though, um, they don't feel comfortable sitting down and telling you things like, it, like I know that I'm, I, you know, to me, I guess I, I felt like at that time I was the best player in the world, which I, I felt like I was. Um, but you may not see that, and that's okay, right? And but I think the communication is the most important thing. And so once I heard like the communication had been cut off, I knew at that point it was a bad, it was a bad deal. Um, and you know, you, I remember being with the Rams and, and their whole Aaron Donald situation, and we kind of approached me with it because I was the latest person to kind of hold out um, while having a contract. And they were, you know, they we we talked, and I told them I was like, the one point that got me more than anything was just they didn't want to talk to me. Right, but with my agent met with them at the combine. They didn't want to talk to me. Um, they talked about other people, uh, other players. Right, after we had already kind of started a little bit of negotiating before the team was sold, um, and then throughout that whole offseason, they wouldn't talk to me until I didn't show up for training camp. Then all of a sudden, it was like, "Oh, where are you? Like, what do you mean, where am I? Like, I've been trying to talk to you for the last six months. Like, you think I'm gonna show up? But, and so I just think again, it's it's all about communication, and, and I think that's anything. That's the key to anything, any type of thing that wants to be successful is telling people how you feel, and then them understanding so either they can work on what they're doing or not. You've got a lot of people that want to talk to you. Two quick ones. Gardner, Minshew, Nick Foles. If you were making the call 2020, where are you going? Well, first and foremost, they're going to have to battle it out. I'm not giving anyone the nod right now. right? I think every position should be that way. Too many times in our league, we baby the quarterback. We do all these things. We pay him all this money, yet they need all these weapons to help him. Oh, we can't talk to him a certain way. It's all these things with him. And so for me, this is a, we're just going to show you who's a true dog and who, who's going to be that leader in the locker room. That guy's going to stand up and, and, and step up when need be. Uh, I think Gardner did a phenomenal job this year, but he had some bad games. I think Nick Foles didn't really get an opportunity to get going. So uh, this offseason to me is going to be more on you guys are going to get the equal reps. Some will get ones with the ones. Some will get ones with the twos. And we're going to try to make it as equal as possible. And we're going to go out there and let the best man win. And then I don't care how much money I pay you. Um, the best player is going to play. Next year, I'm going to ask you about Leonard Fournette getting paid, but I won't do that this year. Well, listen, let me go back. First and foremost, <laughs> I don't know why they, they did the whole, like, suspension, take his money away. Like, oh, I, I guarantee you no one in this in this whole building, if they told you you weren't going to get paid, would you be working right now? So I don't know how, why they expect football players to do that, but I also think that because he was taken in the first round, they should try to do that fifth-year option. I don't know if they can or not, yeah. but that, that, that's can. why that's why you took him in the first round and had that fifth-year option to give you that extra year. But he definitely deserves to get paid, like – why wouldn't you? You you want to keep as many good players on your roster as possible so you can try to win games. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's, it's one plus one equals two. 
So you like him though. I mean, how about are you proud of him from the maturity standpoint? I mean, do you talk to him much? Uh, I've spoken to him a little bit. I, I, what I was more proud of is that he removed himself from some people this offseason. He went to Wyoming and trained, and that's the most important thing um, is that he put himself first. And so uh, he got his mind right, and you saw what he was able to do. I hope he goes back and does it again, to be honest with you, um, because so many times as players, when we have success, we don't do the same thing over again. We think we have the answer. Um, but he found he found the answer, and he found the key, and he needs to go back and do what he did again in Wyoming and come back and have an even better year next year. Thanks, man. Good catching up. No problem. Well, there's Maurice Jones-Drew, and he had a line of people waiting, or I would have done about another 10 minutes with Mojo. Uh, he was a little fired up, you know, about the Jags right now and about these situations. Uh, you know, of course, he's coming in from the player side, and he usually will, but I always think it's ironic with the Yannick Ngakwe situation. The Jaguars have taken care of business pretty well. They have not had these kind of instances happen. Now, Jalen Ramsey was a different animal, but I'm talking about a guy to a contract, a guy that they want to keep. We haven't seen this before until Yannick Ngakwe since Maurice Jones-Drew. And they are two different instances, but we haven't seen a public battle, if you will, that we know is a battle. And we know a lack of communication uh, since Maurice Jones-Drew. And it actually comes back to that word, Austin Lane comes back to communication, and you heard Maurice Jones-Drew reference that several times. Yeah, man, that's what it's all about, is communication. And when you cease to communicate, that sends a player a message. Now, whether this was more of a Tom Coughlin thing, how much say did Dave Caldwell have, we may never know. But like I've said from the standpoint in the past, Brent, I think Yannick Ngakwe is a prideful individual. I think a lot of guys that like him are very prideful individuals. And when you hurt that pride and when you lose that trust, it is very hard to get back. And I think that's where we're at right now with Yannick Ngakwe. He's going to make his money regardless if it's with Jacksonville or somebody else. The question is, is can you repair that bridge, which has apparently been broken due to, you know, just management not taking care of business? All right, uh, well, more from the Maurice Jones-Drew conversation. There was a lot in there to unpack. You can always find it, by the way, on our uh, video feeds, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. You can go back and watch it uh, or listen to it on the Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 podcast. Uh, we had Maurice Jones-Drew talking a lot of Jacks topics. We had Gardner Minshew a little bit earlier in the program as well. When we come back, we give away a PDQ gift card for this upcoming weekend. A couple of those to give away here today. And uh, some of these Super Bowl wacky prop bets. It's on the way next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 from South Florida, Super Bowl 54. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Thoughts? It's a great song. Um, it did not get played on the RV trip. We listened to a ton of music, but that was not one of them. He's going to be highly disappointed, but that's all right. It's good to know. What did you play? What what did you rock to? Basically everything else. I mean, you got that many hours in a car, you're going to listen to about everything. <laughs> Basically. In other words, everything else. Absolutely wrong. What did I say about that horn? What did I say about that horn? I I oh. like I, did I I love Minshew. Have I mentioned that before? I love this guy. It, you you may have brought up a couple <laughs> times, John. Yeah. Do you guys want me to mention? Do you guys want me to welcome everybody back? Or you just oh. no? It's all right, man. This is this is our thing. <laughs> no, Brent, I, I got to take sure. I'm so I am so proud and and just happy that you that you did this. I I can't tell you how great I feel right now. Well, listen, so I had you. instructions and I delivered. You, uh, you delivered big time. Yep. I, I've got to be honest with you guys. I did not know the backstory 
of the Tracy Chapman fast cars, like who had who? Like I didn't know who was going to be happy with the answer and who wasn't. Right. Yeah. So you can tell uh, now, until sure. until today on the show, and now that. <laughs> I see Austin on the video won't even show his face, so I understand now who's, who's not happy. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, that that's impressive. He basically said he played every song but but that one. Well, it was a long road trip, John. I'm sure he played a lot of songs. He did. Unfortunately, he, Tracy he Chapman, did. Fast Car, hey, not one of them. Did I not say? I bet he likes that song because you, we all like that yes, song. Yeah, you, you call that. I mean, it's a great song. Everybody can, can relate to it in some way. Once again, I don't know what the song's about, right. but it's adult situations for sure. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I just figured, like, listen, if you got on your playlist, eventually it should randomly come up when you're in the RV, mm-hmm. but wasn't on the playlist, man. No. It is what it is. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I could. I told Austin this. I said, I think Gardner really likes the song. It just, it, it almost like he felt bad that he didn't play that because they played so many others, and he's like, shoot, that would have been a good one. Right. Yeah. And, right. Uh, like he didn't that's that's the impression I got. Yeah. That was, that's the only way I can make Austin feel better right And, and you know what? That. It's not working, dude. Not working whatsoever. <laughs> because what I say, there are no moral victories in sports radio, so that does nothing for me, but I appreciate you trying to make an effort. No problem. Brett Bortno here at Super Bowl 54 in South Florida. Stuart Weber down here as well and uh, back in the studios, Austin Lane and Coos. And uh, welcome in John Bachman as well from CBS 47 and Fox 30. All right, guys, i got some prop bets. Are you ready for this? Hit me with them. Hit, hit us with All them, right, I guess. Here we go. John, you ready to? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready Sorry. Absolutely. I didn't mean to <laughs> not include you. Uh, length of the National Anthem. Who's singing the National Anthem? It's uh, Demi, Demi Lovato. Lovato. Demi Lovato. Very good. Oh, uh, it's going to be long. I'm over. Over. Whatever over two overs. minutes, one second, yes, or under over. two minutes? Oh, over two minutes all day. You over. kidding me? Yep, over. Are you kidding me? Yep. Did you watch oh, by the way, yeah, did, did you, you watch the yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely under. Oh, what do you mean no. definitely oh. under? Definitely she under. hung on like she every She couldn't note. keep it together at the Grammys no and she could keep it together in the national anthem? Over. Absolutely not. Not only that, I'm going to pick. I'm going to say it's 2.30 or more. Oh, I like that. Two thirty. Side. I'm, I'm saying two thirty. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be over. Side bet. Yep. Side bet for Girl Scout cookies, right there. There you go. Eighty-four uh, percent, by the way, saying right now the bets are uh, on over. Eighty-four yes. uh, percent. Smart of money. Bets. Smart money. Uh, team that wins a coin toss will defer to the second half or receive kickoff. This is a no-brainer. Everybody. Oh, that's a hundred percent. Wait. Do they like, actually take house on, on that? that? No. Hold on. What? What are you saying? Is they're gonna defer? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. Everybody, def- everybody mm-hmm. defers. You're saying Kansas City anybody won't receive defer? the kickoff anymore? because they don't want they don't want. Well, yeah, not in the Super Bowl. I'm saying if Kansas City wins the kickoff, I wonder if they get the ball first and go down and try to score right away and try to set the tempo. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, at. I don't know, man. I, I I don't know of anybody that takes the kickoff anymore. What? Yeah, it everybody does, it defers. Doesn't, nobody does because they want to try to get the two for one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. All right. Okay. No. Go anyway, on. let's move on. I think yeah. that's a no-brainer. Tom I can't Brady, taking Tom Brady gets mentioned during the broadcast. <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> Ooh. I mean, on the surface, you got to say yes, especially with what happened, was it yesterday? Yeah. Oh, don't, John, I, I just got done getting going on a big yeah, rant about uh, that let's picture. Not, let's not, yeah, let's yeah. not. But yes, I yeah, think, I think, I think hey, I'm going yes on that but one. Of course. Well, here's the deal, too. If Jim Nance was doing the game, I'd say absolutely yes. get mentioned a yes. lot. But uh, Joe Buck and, and oh, Troy Aikman, I'm yeah. like, ah. No, they're going to. They're going to. Both. The, yes. I, yeah, I, they probably will. They will. Yep. Yep. But, you know, they'll do it in a comparison to Mahomes, most likely. But they have to with Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Yes, they have exactly. To name. Oh, my gosh. So, yes. All right. For sure. Total times Mike Shanahan is shown on TV. Of course, the Ooh, father yeah. of Kyle Shanahan. And uh, over one and a half or under one and a half? Ooh, now that's a good one. That's uh, a little I like more. That one. I can see one for sure. It's the second shot. Are they if they would do it if they win, 
Right? If they're winning up, well, okay. they're going to show them a lot of time to kill the time. So that Packers 49ers game, you saw Shanahan like three or four times. Because like, the, yeah. the, the little kid was in the press box trying to hog all the TV and dab it and stuff. So go ahead and <laughs> give me over with that one. Yeah. I, I think I'm going yeah. to do at least two as well. I would say definitely over if Mike Shanahan was in an upcoming Fox show. Cause they well, for sure. The that's a great point. Yes, that's right. <laughs> all the time. But I think you're right on the over. Joe Buck mentions Jack Buck during the broadcast. Of course, Joe uh, doing the Super Bowl 50 years after his dad wow. uh, had the Kansas City Chiefs. Does the pregame uh, does he stuff happen? His dad? Does the pregame now, listen, stuff this count? Is Joe has to mention Jack. Yeah, I think well, he, well, does he have to say the words Jack? Because if he says dad or pops or whatever he calls his dad or called his dad. But the other that's question a good, is. That's a, I don't know how that works in Vegas, but that's a good question right? for Vegas. And then the other thing would be, is it, does like the pregame or like the, you know, hey, I'm Joe Buck and this is, uh, who's he doing with again? Uh, uh, Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. You know, is like the introduction stuff, does that count? Because that's not technically in the game. Well, see, here's what I think is going to happen. I think like they're going to surprise him. Like, like the producers are going to kind of put that out there. Like, oh, hey, the, sort of fifty years thing, later, right. so he's going to be forced to talk about yeah. it. I, I don't see Joe Buck bringing it up, but I see the producers or like the television yeah, executives exactly. trying to go there with it. I could see that too. So yes, he will talk about his dad. All right, couple of shortest touchdown. What over or under one and a half yardage of the shortest touchdown? Oh, one and a half yards. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm going to go under, or I mean over. Wait, yeah, over. Yeah, the short, wait a second, the shortest touchdown would be longer than a yard and a half. I'm yeah. going to say yes. And, and I'm going to yeah. say over so. as well because Kansas City, they're explosive, and I think San Francisco, with their ability to run the ball, one would think if they're like, you know, it's like first and five from the five-yard line, they could right. probably run the ball in. So Man, I'm going to th- going bets are getting complicated. I'm, it's working I'm my going brain. Yeah, the heavy, the heavy money, by the the heavy money is on the under here. Which no is kidding. Interesting. Uh, interesting yeah. Okay, a couple more real quick. Y- yardage of the longest field goal, 46 and a half yards, over or under? Are there going to be any field goals? <laughs> yeah, right. I have to go over because... I, think I, would, I would bet on that. I'm, I'm going to go over because my boy, Robbie Goldman, uh, I, I got to put on for him, so let's go over with All it. All right. Yeah, I'll go over. Here, Here's the thing. I think under, and you know why? Because of the grass surface. If it was on the artificial turf or that turf stuff, yeah. uh, I think I think over you know people boom the kicks inside. I think it's a little bit different um, on uh, on the grass surface. So I would say under there, even though I really haven't been playing along. Uh, and uh, <laughs> lastly, will will a flea flicker be attempted? Mm. Yes or no? Mm. And the money's on yes. Isn't that's that interesting. Like, that is interesting. That's a little well. Uh, oh, I think we just lost Brent. Okay, so from the flea flicker perspective, ah, he said that the money on it is going to happen. Yeah. See, I can see it happening from San Francisco's, like, you know, um, from their formation, with the jet formation, the jet sweeps. Point. I can see, like, Debo Samuel throwing one or something like that. So go ahead and give me a flea flicker. Wow. Go ahead and put me down for one flea flicker, John. What do you got? Well, I can I can see why you'd say that, especially with San Francisco, because they they run it, they run it, they yeah. run it, and then all of a sudden, hey, it's Kyle Shanahan who yep. might like to throw something at you. But I mean, I'm gonna go no just to be different, but I can see why you'd say yes. How's that for all a right? Fence? Couple How's other things here, guys. Standard? Yeah, yeah, good. You'll be a politician someday. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the here's a couple of things, okay. The Demi Lovato went all out at the Grammys. Betters are expecting an even bigger performance at the Super Bowl. The national anthem length odds were initially set at 156, moved to 159, and went to 201. Boom. How about that? That's what I'm uh, saying, 230, baby. The, <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I'm just kidding. How about but. Th- 
This this is some fun stuff. Potential leaks of the halftime show set list for Shakira and Jennifer Lopez have been circling the internet for a week. Oh, so I had on. to be pulled down all of the song odds. Mm. J Lo, Jenny on the block, and if you had my love were the most wagered on options for the first song performed. So uh, there's wow. that. Wow. There's a prop bet on whether or not Antonio Brown would tweet during the game. <laughs> it was available, but it was removed. It was it was removed after he was arrested for burglary and assault. Well, he's not in jail. He's not in jail. He's still his cell tweet. phone. Uh, and, uh, maybe the judge, part of uh, letting uh, him go, was uh. say no no tweeting during the Super Bowl. Mm. And sadly, uh, the Puppy Bowl odds are off the board due to pre-taping of the Puppy Bowl. Ah, yes. Yeah, uh. So somebody could leak it. Yeah, get inside trading. I put money on it last year. Did you? I did. Of course you did. I tell you what. We... We had Doug Kazarian on from ESPN, and you know he does the Daily Wager show on ESPN. And obviously, betting is becoming a, a thing and, and a bigger thing. And there's some more legislation being pushed pushed through in the state of Florida, even though it looked like it might be a long way off. You know, we get to a point at the Super Bowl some way down the road. I mean, you know, in five years, the Super Bowl will probably be in like Vegas, right, at the new stadium. And For by sure. then, will you be doing prop bets like at a window mm. inside a Super Bowl that day? I mean, it'd be fascinating, really, for hours leading up to the Super Bowl and kickoff. If you you'd be doing that, I, I see a time where we possibly are doing that. Here's Kazarian well, on the Super Bowl and what he had to say about some of the wagers. Before we get your thoughts, guys, I have a couple prop bets I like. Use check ten and a half. I think is his total for receiving yards. Could be one one reception. I just think the linebackers are the weakness of the Chiefs' defense. It's the Chiefs not to score a rushing touchdown ah. at plus two fifty. Look, I mean, you're looking, maybe the Chiefs score two touchdowns, maybe they score four. Mahomes throws for a couple, and that's it. One side, you know, like around the goal line, they even do pop passes. They do shovel passes to Kelsey. It's not just straight runs inside the five. For plus 250 on one team against that front four of the Niners, I'll take a little piece of that. Interesting. Uh, Doug Kazarian, catch him on a daily wager. By the way, all our interviews from this week on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 had a lot of the ESPN personalities along with now our Gardner Minshew and Maurice Jones-Drew and Allen Robinson stopped by. Najee Good stopped by. You'll hear from him a little bit later on. So uh, a lot of different interviews here at Super Bowl week. You can find them online all the time. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 on our YouTube page is uh, one place to go. Uh, you were going to say, guys, before... Kazarian talk. Well, I was quick going to say some of the prop bets. One that I find interesting, I kind of broke it down on the show yesterday, Brent, after you guys were going to Minshew. Plus 1,000 right now on Anthony Sherman scoring a touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs. And why I say you it's You love in- this one. You why, love it. Why I say it's interesting is from the standpoint of, if you remember, if you watched media night, when the Chiefs came down the aisle, they all hoisted up Anthony Sherman on their shoulders and like they're treating him like a king. And the reason why I say he's a king because he is Mr. Chief. What Brad mm-hmm. Meester was to the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. Anthony Sherman is to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I understand the most important thing about the Super Bowl is to obviously win the game. But with Andy Reid, Andy Reid sometimes can take care of his guys a little bit, especially a guy who's been around in Kansas City for a long time, a guy who fans, um, you know, are, are just he's kind of like the underdog, kind of that folk hero. I wonder if Anthony Sherman gets a shot maybe on the goal line or some kind of trick play where he gets a chance to score a touchdown. Not telling you to put your money on it, obviously. I'm just saying I think it's an interesting prop bet. I think that's interesting, too. And I would uh, say I would also say that I find it hard to believe that Kansas City – 
that you would say that Kansas City wouldn't get a rushing touchdown because what if stuff breaks down and you're at the five and Mahomes just runs it in? Or, heck, like the last game at the 27, he ran it in. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I think yeah, it's, that's still that's possible. Why, that's why it's a plus 250 yeah. bet, though. Yep. I, mean, I agree. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a, that's where it should be. you got to make some money on it. Absolutely. Uh, it's certainly an underdog. All right, John, what you got coming up tonight? CBS well, 47, Fox 30. I know we'll have a report from here on Tony Baselli as we get closer and closer man. to hopefully his election into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, we're, what, less than 24 hours away from that, aren't we? They usually get the, yes, uh, the information afternoon. by yeah about this time in tomorrow. Um, listen, first of all, you've been doing a great job down there, and thanks again for uh, working in that very important, hard-hitting question on Gardner Minshew. But I want to also tell you that a couple days ago you were wearing the Shrimpin' Ain't Easy t-shirt. I noticed that yes. on the on the feed. And um, yeah. that is still my favorite jumbo shrimp t-shirt of all time. <laughs> but I will tell you that the new shirts are... Are out. So there's the the team released the four finalists um, designed by fans. Okay. And we have the four finalists. Uh, the, the, Give them to me. You can oh, look no, at no. them. No, no, no. I mean, you can't send are you them. Teasing this right now? I'm teasing this. This oh, is coming man, up at five o'clock. John. You're gonna have to. Well, you can also find them on Twitter if you really want to. But we're gonna uh, we're well, gonna I don't ask your show. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I, look, I, it's not my thing. I can't. Okay. I can't take credit for this okay we are covering the fact that they are out and i'd be curious you can hit me up on twitter as to what you think is the best i have my personal favorite of the four brent have you seen these yet you know i did see the four of them okay and i thought they were all pretty good uh i don't I know what, not, they re- narrowed it no they have not narrowed it. i think they're asking no they're asking people to vote still i think okay. um and so so you can so you can weigh in on that but um yeah i didn't I didn't care for a couple of them, but I thought the other two were really oh, good. Oh, okay. But anyway, I can see them now. I, I was kind of like you, John. I like two of them more than I like right, the other two, right, if right. I'm being honest. Yep, yep. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to have a little something on that, a little fun on that. And then uh, we've got a, a bunch of other stuff going on. Um, there's some big-time developments uh, in that uh, Clay County missing woman Um They've been searching this land, local landfill for a couple of weeks now. Um, they found some stuff. We're working to get all the details on that. But uh, that story is moving along quickly, and the suspect uh, is in jail on unrelated charges but now has got a new hold on him. So I think there's some stuff about ready to pop on that. Um, what else do we have? You said you're going to be live down there for us from uh, for the Super Bowl coverage. Um, uh, what else? We got, we got a bunch of stuff. Uh, Mike's talking about some more rain this weekend. So, you know, tune in, 5 o'clock. CBS 47, Fox right. 30. Be there, be Five square. 5 until 7 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Bachman, Tanika Hughes, <laughs> Mike Barish, and the sports team from the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll have a report as well. And then later tonight from 10 p.m. until 11.30 p.m. on uh, CBS 47 and Fox 30. By the way, right now we're going to give away a PDQ gift card for 50 bucks. 904-362-9901. Caller number 4. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one or star star six ninety fifty dollar gift card to PDQ. Here's the deal: the next couple of days, Saturday and Sunday, this is a good deal too. Twenty five or fifty count of chicken finger platters. You can get buy one get one free at PDQ locations around Jacksonville. Buy one get one free. Twenty five or fifty count. I'd go for the fifty count. No doubt about it. Plus, you can win a $50 gift card right now. Call number four. Call Coos, 904-362-9901. We'll be back right after this from Super Bowl 54. More on Tony Baselli, including what Peter King had to say about Baselli getting in the Hall of Fame tomorrow. King has a vote in the room. It's next on ESPN 690. Yeah, I mean, whether it's whether it's Nick there or whether it's somebody else, it's going to be a competition. Um, that's how you, know, you got to view it. Because um, I think through that, that's the only way to get the team better. Is when they see, especially at the quarterback spot, that these guys are really trying to get themselves better for the team. 
That's Gardner Minshew talking about this open competition between him and Nick Foles. Gosh, it, it sounds that way. I get it. And it feels like when you say open competition, nothing will be won in the spring. So that means we get into August that way. And now you're talking mid-August, maybe after preseason game number two or three, you announce a starter and all that kind of stuff that goes into quarterback competitions. I kind of feel like it's unnecessary. Just ride with Gardner Minshew in 2020 and name it and make it happen. Uh, because I think that's what's going to happen in the long run anyhow, unless something injury-wise or just super poor performance uh, in the spring and then the early part of August. Uh, but you kind of have to play it as an open competition. And uh, maybe there's some respect there because every other position has that too in the NFL most of the time. <laughs> other than uh, that quarterback spot who's usually pretty designated to be the guy. Brett Martin back here at Super Bowl 54 along with Stuart Weber, Austin Lane Coos back in Jacksonville as we wrap up uh, another week here at a Super Bowl last year Atlanta, this time here in Miami. Next year it will be Tampa for Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We think we'll still have a show next year around Super Bowl time. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it happens. You know, Gardner Minshew, we caught up with him last night. He had a Q&A roundtable kind of thing at Concrete Beach Brewery, which is a pretty cool place across the bridge here. And I'd say about 50, 60 people were there from all different sports teams, uh, fans of, of just about everyone, some Jags fans. But it wasn't just, like, excluded to Jags fans. And I think that's kind of Gardner Minshew, right? I mean, he plays to a, to a big crowd. He's become kind of a national figure, not just in Jacksonville. And uh, Peter King, of course, of course, renowned journalist, uh, previously of the Monday Morning Quarterback, now with NBC, and uh, still does his Monday Morning Quarterback thing, although it's not called that anymore. Uh, we caught up with him about being around Gardner Minshew. This is the first time he had a chance to meet Gardner Minshew. Also, we talked to him about Tony Baselli. He'll be in the room, one of 48 voters in the room tomorrow, making the vote for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And then, of course, about this football game, we've got one heck of a matchup. Here's my conversation with Peter King. You had a front row seat to Gardner, and he's become this big character and bigger-than-life guy in Jacksonville and beyond, I, I guess. Uh, what's he like in your eyes, covering NFL for so long? Yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. This is the first time I've ever met him, ever talked to him. So I really appreciate the fact that he's uh, that he's just, he just seems like just a normal dude. And it's all, he's all, uh, he's such, he realizes how happy, or he realizes how good a life he has. And I think he's grateful for it. I think one of the great things about his life is that he's worked so hard for everything. And he understands that whatever happens from this point, he obviously wants to be an NFL quarterback for 15 years. I get it. But, man, he's already hit the jackpot. How unusual is it? You know, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, guys like that, it's easy to fall in love with because they're so successful. This guy people fall in love with before we've even seen a resume be built. I think it's because he just seems like a normal guy. And there's nothing extraordinary. He doesn't he doesn't want to be the big star. He does you know I think the the first impression of him is of a guy who you know who's almost like country just a country guy, a country hick type guy. And 
He's just very smart, very much in love with his game, and very much wants to be a great football player. And I love the fact that he had a chance to go and maybe be a really good coach long term with Nick Saban. And he said, no, I want to chase my dream. And I just, I appreciate that. And I think it is what you should do in your life. If there's something you love, there's something you really want, you've got to go chase it. And that's what he did. And I don't know what will happen. Nobody knows what will happen, but that's what makes life fun. Last one. We don't know what's going to happen on Saturday, but you know in Jacksonville we're hoping number 71 gets in that Hall of Fame in, in Canton, Ohio. What goes on in that room? Uh, what is the love affair for Tony Baselli? I know it's a tough cut to make, but it seems like it's getting closer and closer. Yeah, I mean, I think Tony has been helped recently by players and coaches who've had shorter careers, but who were great when they did it. Um, and I've made this point a lot about Tony because I'm a very big Tony Baselli believer. I've made this point many times that if you are the best or maybe one of the two best at what you do over seven or eight years in the NFL, you should be in the Hall of Fame. And there's no question in my mind that, first of all, the only guy who I've covered in my life who has been better uh, than Tony Vaselli that I've seen is Anthony Munoz. And Anthony Munoz might be the best tackle of all time. So, in my opinion, I want to see Tony Vaselli recognized for his years of greatness. I hope this is the year. I mean, what goes on in that room? Uh, I mean, I, I'm one of 48, so I don't know. I can't tell. And I certainly don't know this year, but I do think one day the phone call will come to Tony Vaselli and he's going to be happy. Chiefs, 49ers, about as good as we could have had. I mean, I've been saying all week, maybe the Ravens or the Saints yeah. were in that caliber of team all year. That's about as good as it gets for a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a great game. I like the Chiefs, but I will not be at all surprised at all if either team wins by double digits. They're both really interesting teams in their own right. And I do think America wants new. You know, I, I think as much as, you know, you admire the greatness of a long-term great team, I think everybody is happy to see, look, Patrick Mahomes is going to be great for a long time. And he's a really, really good kid, good guy. And, you know, the 49ers have a lot of young stars. I just think it's really good for the sport that new teams are getting in the Super Bowl. I agree. Maybe one day, Jacksonville. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's Peter King uh, last night with Gardner Minshew and talking about Minshew and also Tony Baselli and, of course, his football game. And back to the Tony Baselli part of the conversation as welcome back Austin Lane as well because I want to talk about Leroy Butler, too, possibly going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow. Election uh, day is tomorrow. And this is kind of a popularity vote to a degree. They all have good resumes. To make the finalists, you have to be good. You have to be considered great. All those things. So the, the people that 
that are, have made it this far, including Baselli for four years in a row, they've, they've earned that, and they're good. Now it's just a matter of making that top five, and sometimes I feel like that can be a bit of a popularity contest. You know, going back to 2017, I thought the Jaguars' success in 17 might be a jumping-off point for voters to say, you know what, it's time. It's time to put Baselli in. Look at the Jags there. People are talking about this great defense or go to the AFC Championship game, all that stuff. And I thought that would be maybe the moment. I guess it doesn't play that way because it didn't happen. And there has since been more momentum at times when we've covered Tony Baselli as a finalist at the Super Bowl. And then it's no. So I don't know how to feel anymore about this. We have no idea what happens in the room. It, everybody says nice things, and now you just got to make it happen, and we'll see if it happens. I do feel like a lot of people in the sense that Troy Palomalu is probably the only sure-fire Hall of Famer of this group that's a finalist. So does that help Tony Baselli get in? I think it does. But I really don't know because I don't understand this process and how they determine this. And even Peter King kind of insinuated that he's in the room and he doesn't even know sometimes how it's going to shake out. I'll also say this. I think for a time the Jags, back to like the popularity contest type of stuff and and kind of pushing your guy, which seems weird sometimes in things like this. But you almost have to. And I think the Jags have done a much better job of that in the last couple of years. If you've seen their social media this week they've really pushed Tony Baselli and people talking about him and some of the uh, highlights that he's had they have they're given some um, notes out uh, like a one sheet out to voters and and really telling everybody hey keep him top of mind keep him top of mind because we know how great Tony Baselli was back then and uh, you almost have to remind these folks that hey Get number 71 into the Hall of Fame. Two notes I thought, Austin, that that Peter King said that I found interesting. One, he's covered the NFL for a long time. He said the only player at that position that he's covered that's better than Baselli is Anthony Munoz. And we've talked to Munoz in the past, and Munoz has said he thinks Baselli was just as good as him, essentially. The other part of it for uh, what Peter King said, and I think he's spot on here, and I said this earlier in the week, if you are... One of the greats at your position in your era, I don't care if it was six years, eight years, 12 years, 15 years. That's what that thing in Canton, Ohio is for. It's for the greats. It's for the best at their position during a certain era. I don't. I'm, this isn't two years we're talking about. We're talking six, seven years for Tony Baselli. So I don't think this year, I think they're stuck on this year thing. We've allowed Hall of Fame voters to use it as an excuse, as part of their agenda to not get Tony Baselli in the Hall of Fame. And quite frankly, I'm kind of tired of that part of it because I think it shouldn't matter. Uh, we have all these people saying how great he was during that stretch, and it was a long enough stretch of greatness that he should be in Canton, Ohio. So hopefully this is the year. Tomorrow well, we'll find out. And, and to be fair, Brent, we always talk about all the time, uh, there's a sense of entitlement when it comes to football players, especially nowadays. There's also a sense of entitlement to the people that vote on this thing, right? And I think, like, I get it. You've been covering the game a long time, and you should have your opinion. You've earned that opinion. But at the same time, look at what his peers are saying about him. Look at the guys that are going against him, what they say about him, okay? It's one thing to watch Tony Baselli from a skybox on TV, watching on YouTube all the highlights. But it's another thing when his peers come out and say and make a wholehearted statement of saying and a genuine statement saying that he's one of the best ever do it listen to those people they're not gonna lie to you he, he deserves to be in the hall of fame 
Austin, I want to ask you about uh, Leroy Butler when we come back. Of course, Jacksonville native, Lee High School, but no beloved, I think, in Green Bay. So yeah. I want to get the temperature if Butler gets in the Hall of Fame, and maybe it's not this year, maybe he gets in. How will that be received? You've had some great players up there in Wisconsin over yep. the years. There's plenty of Hall of Famers that have worn the Packer uniform. But where does Butler fit uh, with the whole Lambeau Leap legend yeah. you know, creating that and, of course, the tournament? Well, and so also, Brent... Uh, I have some breaking news. I, I figured out the Tom Brady tweet, by the way. I figured out the cryptic oh. tweet, and I know what he's going to do. I, I literally looked at it for two minutes. I saw something that no one's talking about right now. I, I cracked the case already. Glad you stopped the protest. We'll uh, find all that out next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Super Bowl 54 week. Coming to an end. We'll be back live from Miami. Yeah, we've done a lot of good things this year, a lot of things that we can build on. Um, and I think it's only the start of what we can be. And I'm very excited uh, to see what we're going to build into this next year. Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew. Kind of the, you know, kind of that fresh face, kind of that new thing on Radio Row this year at the Super Bowl, and, and good for him. You know, he, he's earned that, whether it's with endorsement deals or everything of that nature. Um, he's definitely earned that as well. So so props to him for, you know, getting that guy's money. Because let's be honest, man, he's making six-round pick salary right now. Um, it's not a lot. I wonder, and I'm curious to see just how much his, uh, his you know, rookie performance bonus is going to be. We talked about it on the show before a little bit where, unfortunately, I, I couldn't get mine because the lockout was coming up. I would assume that Gardner Minshew should be getting his, um, hopefully. So there was something to, something cool to watch, um, as you would see. And if he doesn't get the money, Brent, I guess we could go to bat for him and we can get my money as well as long as Gardner Minshew's on the same boat. <laughs> as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Super Bowl 54. I got to be honest with you, man. I screwed this up today. We have had fantastic luck down here at Super Bowl 54. And I told somebody, might have told Nick, the boss man, said, hey, man, things have been going smooth. Jinxed us. I mean, today it's like in and out. It hasn't been bad, actually. I don't think uh, on air you lost me once and now maybe a second time here briefly. But back here, it feels like it's been a battle. Uh, but anyway, we're having some well, Super Bowl 54. We're battling, man. Sometimes you got to fight. Sometimes you sometimes you got to fight, Brent. Do you want to quick hear my Tom Brady breakdown I do. Of, of what I think is going to happen? Because I, I literally looked at the – because I haven't even seen a picture, really. I analyzed the picture for about 30 seconds, and I made my decision. Coos, let's get some – all right. So here's the thing about Tom Brady, Brent. I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not. He had a watch endorsement by Tag here for a while. Were you aware of that? Nope. Okay. So, Not surprised, though. Yeah, absolutely. And the only reason I know that is because my friend had a tag her, and then he tried to brag about Tom Brady also had one, which I don't really care. And I guess any time you pay for a watch that's over $10,000, it's not even called the watch anymore. It's called the timepiece. But that piece of information is very important because if you go to the Tom Brady picture, you're going to notice that one sleeve in that picture is shorter than the other. If you know anything about fashion, you know that – Usually when you get a custom-tailored suit, one sleeve is going to be shorter than the other sleeve because it gives you an opportunity to show off your watch a little bit. You don't want your sleeve to get all wrinkled up in your watch. And assuming that Tom Brady does have fashion sense, obviously, he is married to Giselle after all, and Tom Brady does wear watches, one would assume that the picture, one sleeve is shorter. Well, the question comes, what sleeve does Tom Brady wear his watch on? Correct answer is the left hand. So... 
if the left hand in the picture is the short sleeve, that would indicate that Tom Brady is indeed walking towards the field and not walking away from the field. You're welcome. Tom Brady's coming back. Put it on the books. Chisel it in stone. You're very welcome. Well, that's good. And I, I said that. I thought it was him going to the stadium. Yeah. And does that mean he's coming back to New England? Uh, I would say so, yeah. I mean, he's walking towards the field, so I think he's he's going to play in New England again. Because we already know he's coming back, essentially, right? He said it in his presser at the end of the year, like, I still have something left. Of course. Still have something to prove. Feels like, you know, so all those things. Now it's just a matter of is he's going to stay in New England or somewhere else. So if he's walking toward this, toward the stadium, that's an indication we believe that he's going to stay in New England. If he's walking out, that would be goodbye Whoa. New England. Coos thought he was walking out. Many people thought he was walking out. And, of course, as Twitter can only do, it was undeniably he was walking out or in. Could even be up for debate. But uh, you have just identified he was walking in. Of course, because if he was walking out, the, the, the short sleeve would be on the right side of the picture because he would be walking away from the field because that would be his left hand, the shorter sleeve. But he's not. He's walking towards the field because he wears a watch, and the short, the left sleeve walking towards the field is a shorter one. Tom Brady walking towards the field. You're welcome. We need to do a better job on cryptic tweets. I don't know if as many people would care about them, but I still feel like I want in the, on the game. What do you mean a better job? I thought I just did a pretty good job right there, didn't I? No, no I mean our own. Oh, I got gotcha. you. You know, like, like I, I just want to start getting in the game a little bit. Yeah. I, like, again, I don't think they're going to be trending anywhere. I don't really think people care about my cryptic tweets like yeah. Brady or, or Jan. Yeah. But I kind of want in on it. It, it. it almost takes a lot of brain power, though. Like, I don't know if I've got that in me. You have to work on this stuff. Yeah, you know, and you kind of have to have a special kind of personality. Like, I, myself, I really couldn't do it, um, to tell you the truth. I guess we could kind of play a game where we go back and forth one day, and we just tweet out these cryptic tweets, and we have to kind of break down each other's, you know, what they mean. But, um, yeah, man, to me, it just takes a special type of cat, and I, I'm not that guy. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, coming up, by the way, we have another PDQ gift card to give away, and we have asked all week for your submissions of a 30-second commercial for your party on Sunday for the big game. And Renes is delivering you a big party pizza and some other things. And Austin is actually going to be the delivery guy for this. Make sure you tip him. Uh, so <laughs> the winner is going to be announced later on in this hour. But we also have to get through some of the submissions. Uh, we're just going to play a few of them that we have. So uh, they were pretty good, and that will be coming up in just uh, a short time. So we'll get to that in a moment. Brent Martineau here at Super Bowl 54 along with Stuart Weber, Austin Lane back there. I want to reset a couple of big interviews we had uh, in this show, Maurice Jones-Drew and Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is going to work, basically he said Sunday, but he's going to start Monday in Naples on his mechanics and all those other things. He said he needs to work right away. He knew on, on rolling right and some of the throws that he made going to his right side. I thought that was pretty interesting. Austin, what do you think the one thing Minshew could work on here this off season or elevate during the spring and training camp that you would like to see from him to make that next step? You know, you always say first year to second year, right? A lot of people Correct. say that, whether it's high school, college, NFL. Uh, but... If he is going to take that leap, in what facet of his game do you believe that leap will come? Because his numbers were strong uh, outside of the fumbling. But even that, when he came in for his second stint later in the year, he corrected that as well. He was better with the football. Mm -hmm. So where do you want to see out of Gardner Minshew's game 
that he could elevate in 2020? Yeah, I think, and this is going to be a, the, the completely generic answer, but I, I believe it's the right answer, and it's what you want to see out of any rookie quarterback going into their second year. I think he has the ability to make this right. It's his ability to not tip off where he's going to pass. It's his ability to kind of mask where he's throwing. His ability to look off the defenders. And that takes time. Um, very rarely do you ever have a quarterback, regardless of where they're drafted, they're just going to come in right away and have the ability to look off the receiver. That takes time. Um, th- th- that takes a lot of just reps of getting used to the offense, getting used to the receivers. Now, obviously you're behind the eight ball a little bit because you do have no offensive coordinator coming in, different terminology, probably some different types of calls and routes and things of that nature. But I'd like to see Gardner Minshew be a little more cerebral in how he approaches analyzing defenses and then making them second-guess themselves. You know, here's the thing that I've heard from people, Austin, and I think this was a little bit of a criticism. Well, let's, let's go back to the criticism I had during the season. I didn't think he threw it to the middle of the field a whole lot, right? Sure. And, and now – was that some play calling, lack of play action, which the numbers ended up showcasing, lack of tight end uh, weapon? Yeah, maybe it was. I still don't think he threw down the middle of the field. I thought he was trying to avoid mistakes almost at all costs at times. But I think that part of it for me might lead into other people's criticism of Gardner Minshew in his rookie season, and that is getting out of the pocket early. And even when the pocket necessarily didn't break down, he might have escaped the pocket and got out of there. Now, was that a trust factor? Was that a speed of the game thing? Was that a comfort deal uh, getting out of there? I don't know what it was. But I do think from the outside, people that at least we talked to and, and some analysts and football folks would say he probably could do a better job just settling in the pocket for another half a second, a second. You know, we're talking about a beat or two. But still, that might be a part of his game that he can get better at. And maybe that comes with experience, trust with the offensive line, all those other things. Uh, because what happens is, I think, you know, you have a couple of games where you get shell-shocked by the offensive line not playing well. Uh, then you believe that might happen on almost every play. So there goes the trust. I think we saw that with Blake Bortles over the years. I think we might have seen that even in a short couple of games with Nick Foles when he came back in the lineup. And I think we might have seen that from Gordon Minshew. And Minshew just was able to escape it and make plays happen outside the pocket. So I would say that I would bet being a little bit more patient in the pocket before getting out of dodge might be something that uh, coaching would like to work on with him in 2020, even though that's way beyond my skill level from an X's and O's standpoint. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and once again, I mean, and, and that's a great call as well. And I think that just comes with, with reps, you know, because everyone has their internal clock. And, you know, sometimes it can speed up a little bit depending on how the game flow is working. And I, I completely agree with you where I do think it's in Gardner's, Gardner Minshew's best instincts. So you obviously pass first, but sometimes the thing breaks down and you don't think you have enough time, even though you do have a couple more seconds. So I agree. And, and then that's something, let's be honest, though. It's hard to mimic that, right? It, it, it's it, it's yeah. hard to, uh, you know, just to get, you're not going to get like 11 guys around you and just block all for you and 11 guys on defense that are trying to blitz you and everything. So it's hard to mimic that, that kind of um, the, the pass set. But that's where, obviously, the OTA reps come in. That's where the training camp reps come in. And obviously just watching more film, more film, and just getting more comfortable in the pocket. 
Yeah, it's a great point. I don't know how you fix that. I think just play in time, comfortability, and all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, the other interview we had earlier in the show, and once again, you can always go back and find our, our interviews uh, with everybody that we have every day on the show, uh, but especially here from Super Bowl 54. Maurice Jones-Drew checked in about an hour ago. And really, Austin, the, the whole idea was how do you fix the Jags? And, and I, I said there, and I think you can almost feel it and see it, is Mojo's frustrated with this organization right now. Uh, he comes from the player's perspective most of the time on this. But he wants the Jags to be successful, wants the Jags to win. Uh, he mentioned Yannick Ngakwe. He mentioned the Jalen Ramsey situation. One thing we didn't really talk about is his belief in Leonard Fournette. And, uh, you know, this is going to be an interesting year for Fournette. Can he elevate his game? You know, can he take it to the next level? And I thought Maurice uh, kind of talked about that, believes in that. You know, he knows. I don't think he believes in that just because he's wearing a Jaguars uniform either. I think he believes in that because he's kind of been in that position before. He knows how Fournette ticks in terms of his running style. And uh, it was interesting to hear Mojo talk about Fournette uh, to the point where he's always advocating running backs get paid. I'm not sure the Jags are going to pay him. So uh, yeah. I think they'll probably go with the play this year and then an option for the fifth year. I think they'll go that way. They have until May to figure that out. But uh, overall, I like that Maurice Jones-Drew sees good things in Leonard Fournette. And where does Fournette's game go to here in year number four? Yeah, you know, and I think Leonard Fournette's a guy who's kind of figuring it out now, right? Maurice Jones-Drew talked about, we we've talked about a little bit too as well, where you know, he, he opted to go to, uh, to Wyoming to train. He kind of cut some of the circle. Um, you know, that was kind of bad news for him. He kind of cut them out of his life, which is never an easy thing to do, you know. So immediately right there, that shows a lot of maturity. And listen, when you take a guy with a fourth pick in the first round in a draft, in my opinion, you want that guy to stick around for a long time, okay? I get it. You draft him that high, you expect him to come and perform right away. But the way the draft works, anybody in the top five, that's a that's a pillar. That's a staple going forward. Now, one could argue back in you know 2018 wasn't Leonard Fournette's best year, right? He dealt with some injuries and everything. Um, you know, there were some off the field issues. The, the last game in Houston, um, you know, the, the the management called him out and said they're taking away some of his money. Okay, fine. But then fast forward to this past season. You know, a, a very impressive season for him. Stayed healthy, didn't play in the last game, but put up some pretty gaudy numbers. And I think going forward, I agree with you, Brett. I think they do um, exercise the fifth-year option, depending, you know, knock on wood, nothing happens with, with, from the injury concerns. But this is a guy, a leader on offense, I feel like, this year, who going forward, you, you want to make a pillar, you want to make an example of this is Jaguars football, and you want to keep him around. Because my biggest complaint, and there's been a couple of them, with the Jacksonville Jaguars here, you know, the past decade, it's the fact that anytime you draft guys in the first, second, or third round, you don't retain them. You either trade them away, they, you either just don't sign them because of money, or, you know, they, they, they request that they wanted to leave. They don't want to resign. Whatever the reason is, you failed to maintain those top three round guys. And when you do that, you can't build a team like that. You can go ahead and bring your free agents here and here and here, but you need guys that have been in the system. You need guys that have been in the program and guys that you can rally a team around. And when you lose guys like that, when you lose guys like, you know, like your top four pick in Leonard Fournette, you're not going to be very successful. Yeah, and I think I like the story. Uh, see, there's a sense of maturity now about Leonard Fournette that I wasn't so sure about a year ago. And I think this locker room needs to mature. 
I've been saying that for a couple of years. Uh, even some of their guys that have been around two, three, now four years, I think, need some maturing. And so the more guys you can have like that, the more, like, it feels like Leonard's figuring out how to be a pro. That's a nice story for that locker room. That's a nice example for that locker room. And I think he wants to be that. I think he did a good job of that. Can he do it again? He needs to do that as well. And then I think the on-the-field stuff will take care of itself, and hopefully he stays healthy and all the rest of it. So, uh, anyway, uh, more of our conversation with Maurice Jones-Drew will be available uh well, whenever, really, on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and on the Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. Plus, we'll have some of it on TV this weekend on CBS 47 and Fox 30. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we've got to get to these submissions for Austin Lane delivering a big party pizza from Renna's on Sunday to your watch party for the big game. And uh, we'll do that. But before we do that, we give away a PDQ gift card right now, $50 gift card. From PDQ, the next couple of days, Saturday and Sunday, 25 or 50 count of tender platters. Buy one, get one free. 25 or 50 count. BOGO. So head to a PDQ, and we might be giving you a $50 gift card as well. 904-362-9901. How about caller number 5, 904-362-9901 or star star 690. Caller number 5 for a PDQ gift card right now. Courtesy of PDQ. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 rolls on right after this as we get ready to wrap up a week here in Miami at Super Bowl 54. This weekend, the party of all parties goes down at Coos's place. Anyone who's anyone will be there. Rihanna, TJ McConnell, Jay-Z, and Shakira. Though, she'll have to leave early for some reason. Party snacks include the only thing that matters, a Rena's pizza. So tune in to ESPN 690 all week and listen, because if you don't, you won't be allowed in. Coos's Big Game Party, going down this weekend. People with AirPods not allowed in. Bring your own drinks, because I'm poor. Coos made that uh, this week for our Rena's Pizza Party at ESPN 690. Big game delivery, which will happen on Sunday. Austin Lane delivering, and we're going to announce a winner on this thing in uh, about a half hour or so. But we need to play some of the submissions. Uh, we grabbed a few of them, kind of the finalists, if you will, and we can't hear to wait to hear the rest. Now, Coos, I thought, did a fantastic job. I don't know why you're still rolling your eyes, Austin. That was good, man. That was well done. Hey. He put a lot of effort into that, but he can't win. No, number one, he can't win. Number two, if he could win, he wouldn't win from my vote because, once again, he used the Pink Floyd song, Another Brick in the Wall, part two, I believe, and he used it as a dubstep version. And as a Pink Floyd fan, I just can't get behind that, Brent. I'm sorry, man. But overall, the the, the, like the content, genius. TJ McConnell, I loved it. <laughs> Chef's Kiss, mwah, loved that. The song, though, nah. Not up in here. I really thought about putting a um, Mr. 305 reference in there for hey, you. Would, would have actually took my snowboard behind me and threw it through the window if you did that. <laughs> Just being honest. Hey, you know, I said I had some goofy stats yeah. of the Super Bowl. We're going to get to these submissions in just a moment. But... I, I get these emails like all the time from just I don't know where the heck they come from, but the people do these surveys. You know, some uh, we did the prop bets earlier. Everybody's got a chance to to look at those anyway, and that's kind of a fun thing about the Super Bowl. But uh, so I guess it's like Ticketmaster might have put this on because they're official partner of the NFL, and they they surveyed fans and found out how passionate they are about the NFL. So that's kind of the headline. Uh, 
It says this year's annual survey had some really interesting findings that could have serious sports and business implications. <laughs> Plus, there are some fun and shocking results. Would here's here's some of the results. Would ditch their family for time in the stands. Forty-four percent of NFL fans would miss a major family event to attend their favorite team's game in person. Huh. I don't yeah. know if they checked with Jags fans lately. Yeah, right. I mean, dang, I ditched my family to go to Miami just to cover it for a couple days. So, yeah, that's uh, so I'm not how about mad about one? that. Okay. In exchange for being there in person to see their favorite team play in the Super Bowl, NFL fans would make major sacrifices. Are you ready? Okay. 35% would give up drinking for one year. Um, I feel like... Is with he your team in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I feel that's like... That's a hard no. That's a hard no for Kuz, obviously. I I feel like with, you know, the, the, the laws passing marijuana as being legal, yeah, there, there's ways around it. So you can, you can still get your buzz on something, with this, you know, some type of way. So, okay. Yeah, right. uh, I'm not mad at that. You, let's see what you got here, big fella. <laughs> okay. 14% would give up sex for a year. It's going to be a hard no for me. It's going to be a hard pass. 14%? 14%. Wow. Well, I'm sure Patriots fans are just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're all good. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, like, you know, Jaguars fan, you know, teams that haven't been in it in a long, you know, or haven't been in it in before or in a long time, I'm sure there are diehards out there that would probably do that. But, yeah, like the Patriots fans, it's like, nah, <laughs> we're all set. Thanks. Yeah, baby making's been down in New England. Yeah, you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, men are 52% more likely than women to have broken up with someone over their opposing NFL team allegiance. Ooh. By the way, Kuz, I think this is good stuff for you on uh, 95.1 WAPE. These are good topics. We're actually breaking down the most popular uh, snacks that you'll have during the game uh, this weekend. And, like, number one's, like, guac with chips is, uh, like, it, the number one yeah. go-to. Good. It? Well, number one could be Mr. Chubby's wings. Shameless uh, promotion yeah. for Mr. Wings Chubby's were wings. like number two on that list. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So they say there's like four billion wings served this time of year. I, I think like this week is the heaviest wing consumption, and part of that they actually like the they raise the prices of wings. The distributors smart this, or this month because they know they're in such high demand. So I've heard that from uh, from several restaurants, actually, uh, over the years. All right, it's time to get to our Renna's Pizza. This thing's for free if you win. So Renna's Pizza Party, Austin's delivering it on Sunday. We need to come up with a winner, but first the finalist. Kuz, you've got to take this away because you know what you have. All right, so we'll go with uh, we'll go with a guy uh, who I think is definitely in, con- in contention to win it all uh, if I had my vote. All right. Hey, guys, this is for the Rennes Contest. I'm sure it won't win, but have fun with it and enjoy listening to you guys. Here you go. Coming to you from the South Beach in Miami, Florida, that's FLA, here to watch the bid game this Sunday. And who could forget the halftime show with my two spicy girls, Shakira and J-Lo. The boys from ESPN 690 will be here, too, bringing a delicious pie from Rena's for me and you. And don't forget the size, extra, large, not small, well, down that pizza, it's time for football. My buddy, he's a 49ers fan, and I pull for the Chiefs. It'll be Mahomes to Tyreek Hill that will leave them in disbelief. Well, the game's about to begin. We can't be tardy. I've got sideline tickets. Hey, I'm done with this party. Well, hi, hey, good, was, that, was that Eminem calling it all of a sudden? <laughs> Dang. Pretty good. And first Pretty of all, good, I mean, huh? he, he opened with that he enjoys the show. So bonus points off the bat, obviously. That was impressive. I actually, I enjoyed that one. 
that was very good. Uh, first of all, the writing was very good, delivery very nice, and I love the time and effort put into that. All right, Coos, carry on. All right, next one, sadly, I think is going to get disqualified. You'll see why. My time is valuable, so rather than spend hours prepping food for my party, I call Renna's Pizza to order a few party-sized pizzas. Renna's is the best pizza in Northeast Florida with its thin, crisp crust and a variety of delicious toppings. It's a crowd pleaser. Renna's has five convenient locations in Jacksonville and is a proud sponsor of ESPN 690 AM Jacksonville. Okay, this is Mary Campbell, and that was my commercial. Ah, thanks, Mary. Thanks for listening, too. And by the way, the beep was not a swear. Oh, I thought it was. I was like, Mary Campbell's got (laughs) a mouth on her, dude. Dang. (laughs) Dang, Mary. (laughs) So here's the deal. And this was hard to we get. There's a lot of that went into this, and so we didn't push this as hard because we could beep it out. In fact, I don't think we should disqualify people for it, Coos. But you're not allowed. I said this earlier in the week. Even when we do commercials, you're not allowed to tie in sponsors with the word Super Bowl. So we couldn't do a commercial and say Super Bowl. Um, and that's the case. It, there, there's only so many different ways you can use the term Super Bowl uh, around uh, TV and radio and, and marketing and broadcasting, all that stuff. So that's why we kind of eliminated those words from this contest. So that's why they're beeped out. But we shouldn't eliminate the, the, the folks. That was good, Mary. We appreciate the submission. Go on, Coos. Uh, what you got next? All right. The next one's coming from, uh, as you can imagine, a very depressed Jags fan. Mm. Did your team not even make the playoffs? This ESPN 690 talked about your Beowulf. Do you have Renna's offering you emotional pizza? You may have answered yes to those questions. If so, then come watch us eat pizza at our party. Warning, your team's owner might take your home games to London. Come to your own risk. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We got we to sit on the key. Was that Sakeem? Hey, hey, by the way. We're not just sitting on the couch watching a, uh, a Super Bowl on Sunday at that party. Oh, we're sitting on the man. couch and we're having some therapy sessions. There yeah, about man. About the Jags, it sounds. Gonna like. be honest, dude. Don't really want to deliver to that house. <laughs> <laughs> Might just leave it by the mailbox and try to come get it. <laughs> what did you go to school for, Austin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. I like it though. I like the style there. Yeah, that was good. I I I thought it was good. He was uh, honest. Th- he was honest, right? And yeah. I, that's not a bad take. And maybe pizza make you feel better. Uh, Rent sure. pizza, especially. Okay, what's next? We got another one that we had to do a few edits to. So uh, <laughs> it's not cursing. It's just a word we're not allowed to use. Okay. Everyone knows the secret to a perfect party is Rena's Pizza. Homemade crust, velvety smooth sauce, and premium quality mozzarella cheese make Rena's Pizza the best pizza in town. So ditch the chain and be like ESPN 690's Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Rena's Pizza, it's simply the best. Thanks, you guys. And it's Teresa Linder. Uh, thanks for participating <laughs> and for... Uh... And for playing along. What little what's, rhyming going on there, too? What's up with all these sultry voices that we're getting, dude? It's well, like, I, I, I would see these voices, I would hear these voices like on an infomercial like at 12 o'clock at night, it sounds like. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's a compliment, by the way. But I'm just saying, very, very sultry. Now, listen, you, you've got to, this, this has to come with a grain of salt here. We're not asking people for, we don't, they don't need to become, uh, voices for commercials. They yeah. don't do this for a living, so they yeah. had to leave there. So we have to kind of interpret the the more the words and 
and what is said than how they're delivered. Yeah, but uh, Brent, you got to be careful. You yeah, but, don't get caught up in that. I mean, I get it, but the first three minutes aren't free, dude. Just like you don't got to be so <laughs> sultry with these voices. I'm not saying I hate it, but I'm just saying, dang, okay, I see you. Well, maybe what Coos, what we should have done is had Coos like dress them all up. Right. Yeah, you know, put, like, put, like, put him through auto tune or something. I would have put yeah, some like, Barry White behind that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> put him through some auto tune or something, man. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. I, I love the fact that people took time to do it. And no, that's awesome. that they really want you to deliver uh, to, to the house. Uh, one of the two. But I think In which really case, the Red first ten pizza. minutes are free. Then yes. <laughs> well, there's there's one more. As then. long as there's a beverage. <laughs> We got a, we got one more that uh, is a little more outside the box compared to the ones we've already heard. All right. My name is John Barnes. Boom, 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 boom. If you're looking for some food that's great, add Rennes Pizza to your next tailgate for the best game coverage at your party on Sunday. Be sure to tune in to ESPN 690. Rennes Pizza and ESPN 690, the perfect combination. Wow. I mean, wow. Mike like Drop. He did, dude, he did that by himself. I mean, like Mike Drop. Himself. Mike Drop. I, that I mean, is good. Hey, uh, yeah. we've, we've got some decisions to make, and uh, I like them all, by the way. I, don't, I, I love the fact that people dressed them up. They put the time in to call Star Star 690, leave their, their uh, messages and some on Twitter, and uh, – I think that was John right there who said he actually put it on Twitter and said, I'm going to call in and sing it. Yeah. And you know what? When he called in and, and sang it, what a difference. Oh, no. It's, I mean, it's, it's, he livened yeah. that thing up. Like, who, who's the, um, what's the groups that, like, they don't have the music, they do it themselves, like the beatboxing and uh, stuff? Acapella. Uh, acapella, I think, right? No, no. But, uh, like, uh, who's who does the Christmas stuff? Oh, actually, you're talking pentatonics or whatever? Pentatonics, yeah, 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 like that yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. like, he kind of did his own commercial in pentatonics fashion. Yeah, dude, listen, I'm... Uh, what was his name? John, by the way? It was, yeah, okay. I think so, it was John Barnes, yeah. It was John, yeah. Now, one one thing, though. I don't want to put this on the airwaves for everybody and then have, like, you know, the FCC come after us because he might have copied, like, he, he might have violated some laws because it sounds a lot like the Fraser song in the beginning of the song Fraser <laughs> a little bit. Not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I don't want to put this commercial out there and then get in trouble for it. How many things did Coos violate in his spot? Well, you violated Pink Floyd, and that's enough to me. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Hey, here's the deal. we got to take a break. When we come back, we finish up for our Super Bowl 54 coverage. Uh, a little bit more in the game, an interview or two that we still haven't got to, even though there's many we haven't gotten <laughs> yeah. to. And then we pick a winner for the pizza party in Austin's delivering. You know, I don't know if they, they left zip codes because Austin's decision could come up to that. <laughs> How far do I have to drive? I need addresses. <laughs> and will there be guacamole there? Uh, very true. Uh, beverages included. Beverages yep. included. Yep. First 10 minutes are free. First 10 minutes uh, are always Coos, free, Coos, I want your commercial to go out to break again. I, I like your spot. You just can't win, man. Uh, we'll be right back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. This weekend, the party of all parties goes down at Coos's place. Anyone who is anyone will be there. Rihanna, TJ McConnell, Jay-Z, and Shakira. Though, she'll have to leave early for some reason. Party snacks include the only thing that matters, a Rena's pizza. So tune in to ESPN 690 all week and listen, because if you don't, you won't be allowed in.
Kuz's Big Game Party. Going down this weekend. People with AirPods not allowed in. Bring your own drinks because I'm poor. No, very excited. Um, you know, obviously, I saw, you know, you see what he did with the young Andy Dalton. I uh, was very successful. Three straight playoff trips in Cincinnati his last time as a coordinator. And then they've had years in uh, Washington as well where they've been very good, very efficient offensively. Um, and I think he's going to be a good fit for what we have. Well, that's Gardner Minshew talking about the hire of Jay Gruden. Of course, can't really do much and get in terms of a playbook and meeting and greeting with the coaches until April. So they'll have to wait and sit tight on that. Now you can go back and kind of – what I thought was pretty cool, Austin, about Gardner Minshew yesterday is he could rattle off the good years with Andy Dalton, the other things in Washington that Gruden had done. He did his homework. He's already researched Gruden, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, you could tell – that he did a little bit of a, a Google search, at the very least, of, of what Gruden has done in the past. Uh, and you like the attention to detail right there for the young quarterback, even to do that, even though he really doesn't have to right yet. I mean, you, yeah, he doesn't have to, but you almost do have to, especially at the quarterback position, because, I mean, your offensive coordinator, really, if you're a quarterback, is the most important person on that team. He's the guy that's going to be calling the plays, and he's the guy that's going to be helping you grow as a young player. So uh, I'm not surprised at all. Even, you know, like when I would go to a team like the Chiefs or, or the Lions, I mean, I didn't wait to introduce, you know, to introduce myself in person um, to the guy I was playing for in a defensive corner or defensive line coach. I mean, as soon as I found out where I was going or, you know, if we get a new coach, something like that, the first thing I did was Google their name and see what they're all about because you want to have the understanding going into when you first meet them, have that interaction person to person because then you kind of have, uh, kind of have a feel for the groundwork that's about to be laid and then in doing so it gives yourself a, a very big competitive advantage uh austin i want you to check out the video feeds and uh let me know what you think of my uh, the the oh no blazer i'm gonna wear okay tonight. hold on on tv going on youtube right now please hold uh hopefully it it the, the color shines through for you um so a little spoiler for me are they miami colors i don't know miami like dolphin no Let's see. Oh no! Dude. Oh yeah, the yeah. A, little, a little bit of the blue here. And then okay, so it's kind of it's it's hard to see on camera here, but we were rocking like a gray. Is it striped or is it a solid uh, undershirt there? Yeah, it's got a little checkers on it. You know, oh, I'm yeah. not mad at that, Brent. Brent, I'll be honest, man. You look good, dude. You look oh, good really? right now. Yeah. Thank you very much. Shoes though. Shoes and see the shoes. Uh, shoes are the Costco shoes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Costco uh, boom is eighteen bucks. Are we, are we wearing matching pants with that, or are we wearing... Um, I think I've worn these jeans about 15 times in the last 17 days, <laughs> like back to high school. All right, all right. <laughs> but I go with jeans. Like, this is a good uh, blazer with jeans, right? Dude, you, you look good. I mean, you look like you're ready for a promotion, which I hope that's not the case, because I, I want to keep you here as long as possible, but you look good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sporting this on TV a little bit. Now, I like it. So uh, we'll do that. Check it out, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Glad you liked it. Not sure, uh, didn't know how this was going to go over. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> we liked your uh, Eric Fisher interview because we're going to hear from Eric Fisher now. This Eric Fisher's an interesting guy because Luke Jokel and Eric Fisher were tied together back in 2013. They were the top two picks in that draft. It was a bad draft overall. And quite frankly, Fisher wasn't that great to start with. Jokel obviously fizzled out and it was out of the NFL. But Fisher found himself and the Chiefs kept with him and he got better around year three and especially year four enough to earn a second contract with the Kansas City Chiefs and now he's part of that offensive line uh, that is pretty good in Kansas City and part of this explosive offense in Kansas City. Austin catching up with offensive lineman Eric Fisher here this week at Super Bowl 54. 
Joined by Kansas City Chiefs tackle Eric Fisher. I mean, you go way back a little bit back in your rookie year. Yeah. I was part of that training camp. And listen, I got to break a little bit, and I'm going to give you some props, all right? 2013, your rookie year. Yeah. We're doing one-on-ones. Yeah. Can you give me props and say I kind of welcomed you to the NFL a little bit with that bull rush that I put on you? Do you remember that play? That was a long time ago, you man. You don't remember a it. A lot of hits ago. Y- so. y- you don't remember. All right, fair enough. But I'll remember this, though, okay? So I, I bull rushed you pretty well. You fell back. And I'm running back to the line because I'm done. And you said, let's go again. And th- that's what always stood out stood out to me about you is the fact that you always wanted one more. You always had that mentality. Where does that mentality come from? Shoot, man. Uh, you know, I was born and raised. You know, my, my family's from Detroit. We're a hardworking town. My family's all blue-collar people, man. And, uh, you know, you face adversity in life, and it's about how you respond to it. And, uh, you know, I kind of have a mentality of, you can hit me with anything, man. You ain't going to keep me down. Uh, you know, I've been through some stuff, ups and downs in my career. Uh, here we are at the Super Bowl, obviously, and up. And, you know, I look forward to the challenge, uh, you know, that I have coming on Sunday. And, um, you know, just keep my head down, keep working, man. And I, I, w- I would say, where does it come from? It's I enjoy working working hard. Well, and enjoy working hard. Obviously, Andy Reid is a great coach to play for. Um, kind of more of the laid-back players type of coach. What has he been just for you as a player developing, obviously? And number two, how much does this game mean to try to win for him? Yeah. Uh, you know, first off, he, he works us, and uh, you, you, know, you know that. And um, he works us hard, and he doesn't, you know, change it. He, like, he's a guy of repetition, a guy of structure, and, uh, you know, you just – you know what you know what to expect when you're a veteran playing for him because it's, it doesn't change. You know you're working and that's it. But uh, you know Coach Reed, one of the greatest coaches ever in the game, and uh, you know man, we're all we're all working our butts off to to get him this ring. Uh, you know he deserves it. Uh, if, if, I really think, truly, in my heart, like if anybody in this league deserves it, it's him. Um, you know, so I, I'm going out there to do my job. Like you know, I want to win win a ring for myself, but man, do I want to ring win a ring for him. One final question: Talk about the offense a little bit. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a big part of that offense. When he came in, when did you know that it was gonna be something special? Like, what was the exact moment where you saw Patrick Mahomes is gonna be the real deal? Yeah, that first start he got in Denver, uh, his his rookie year, and uh, to see him go out there and do do the things he did. I mean, I was like, man, this could be something special. And you know, the rest is history. Uh, you know, he's on the up and up, man. And you know, I hope you know the sky's the limit for him because he's doing some great things. And you know, I, I just hope I can be a part of uh, you know a long. A long, successful career with him. That's Eric Fisher and Austin Lane this week here at Super Bowl 54, the offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. He didn't want any part of that first question, huh, about that time in camp that you put him on his back. Yeah, you know what? I was a little <laughs> thrown off by that, Brent, because, you know, usually, at least how I do it, I'm still new to this game, obviously, but when I interview somebody, I kind of predict of how the interview is going to go and the questions I'm going to ask. And the last thing I expected was for Eric Fisher not to remember that play that I was referring to where he we went one-on-one and I bore-rushed him on his back. Now, I think he did remember it. He just didn't want to talk about it. But then I kind of had a sidestep a little bit and I'll throw an audible out there. But hopefully the, the interview turned out okay after that. Uh, yeah, I thought he was pretty good. And maybe <laughs> yeah. he just locked in, man. I yeah. do. It's amazing. You remember, like, everything. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if all players remember everything. Like, most athletes remember a lot. Yeah. Uh, but... Of course, he's got a lot going on in his mind right now. Of course. Um, and that was probably a forgettable moment for, for him uh, back in 2013. All right, here's the deal. We've come to the end of the week. Thanks sure. for playing along with us. Uh, this Renna's Pizza Party and ESPN 690, we're giving away on Sunday 
a huge pizza, this party pizza that Rennes does. We had it at our one-year anniversary uh, celebration, and they were a big hit. And hopefully at your party Sunday, it'll be a big hit as well, plus some other things to go along with it. Uh, and Austin's going to deliver it. So thanks for the submissions. Thanks for hanging out with us all week at Super Bowl 54. But it's time to come up with a winner. And, Coos, we've we've had a finalist list, and now we've got another finalist list. It's down to two. Take it away. All right, here is the first one. Hey, guys, this is for the Rennes Contest. I'm sure it won't win, but have fun with it and enjoy listening to you guys. Here you go. Coming to you from the South Beach in Miami, Florida, that's FLA, here to watch the bid game this Sunday. And who could forget the halftime show with my two spicy girls, Shakira and J-Lo. The boys from ESPN 690 will be here, too, bringing a delicious pie from Rennes for me and you. And don't forget the size, extra large, not small, well, down that pizza, it's time for football. My buddy, he's a 49ers fan, and I pull for the Chiefs. It'll be Mahomes to Tyreek Hill that will leave them in disbelief. Well, the game's about to begin. We can't be tardy. I've got sideline tickets. Hey, I'm done with this party. Very good. That was awesome. All right, Coos. Now the other one. Hashtag and then we spicy girls. <laughs> See, that one's starting an internet tour. I know, right? dude. I like that. My name is John Barnes. Boom, 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 boom. Boom 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 boom. If you're looking for some food that's great, at Rennes Pizza to your next tailgate for the best game coverage at your party on Sunday. Be sure to tune in to ESPN 690. Rennes Pizza and ESPN 690, the perfect combination. I like it was like a jingle, and then it was like that last statement that you hear in like a commercial all the time, kind of yeah. like Goose tried to do, right? Where yep. he said he's poor, so bring all the beer. Uh, but. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, you're delivering. You come up with a winner. Oh no, no, and, no, and, no, 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 no! Everybody's a winner in this because I'm gonna get make sure somebody gets something anyway. Even the consolation prizes, they're not gonna get a Rena's party pizza. Okay. But we'll give them like a hat or or something like that. We'll make sure we'll get your number and all that stuff. So the I think we had five finalists earlier in the show, and we'll make sure you get something because we appreciate the participation. But there is only one party pizza winner. Yeah. And I got a, I was leaning toward the poetic side of things. Yeah. I think I'm going with Barnes, man. That's my vote. Okay, so here, the, the song, the song. Here's how we should do it, because I mean, there's three of us. Let's get three votes here, and obviously, there's not going to be a tie. So Brent is going. I just hope he lives in Palatka. I know, right? <laughs> All right, so so Brent's going for the for, for the second one, correct? The jingle. Yes, yeah, second one. You know what? I'm going to go for the first one and make it hard on Coos. Oh, oh, you're going to make me choose I thought, this. I thought you were definitely going for the second oh, one. Trust me, hey. I was, but now I want to see what Goose is going to say. I vote for myself. <laughs> well, yours was good, Goose. <laughs> no, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Barnes as yeah. well. I, yeah. Barnes singing the song, I think, uh, definitely deserves the nod. I like the delivery, so congratulations, John Barnes. Thanks for uh, participating, and thanks to Rennes Pizza for having fun with us here at the Super Bowl. Uh, that would be cool. And by the way, go to Rennes Pizza anyway and, and make sure you get good food for your uh, – Big party and uh, for the big game on Sunday. Five Where does he live, by the way? I don't know. Do we have an address? Okay. Yeah, like Lake City. Yeah. Brad, let's hear it, man. You're, quick before we go out from the show, your Super Bowl prediction. Oh, I guess we should do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brett, we are a sports show after uh, all. I've got the Chiefs winning 38 to 30 on Sunday over the Niners. Coos, who you got? I'm going Chiefs. I'm trying to score because I'm trying to do the math oh, in my head. Real quick. Well, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Well, I didn't do I didn't do an actual score, but I saw the over under was like 54. I'm gonna go under that. 
Wow. Go ahead and give me Chiefs 38 to 27. Okay, 38-27. I got 38-30. We're not far off. Uh, hey, thanks to uh, Stuart Weber, all the good work uh, he's been putting in. We've got big-time specials coming up Saturday, 7 o'clock on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Of course, Tony Baselli will be a big part of that show and Jags and Super Bowl 54. And then Sunday morning, 10 a.m. on Fox 30, another one-hour special. So hang with us on the TV side all weekend long. Of course, the game is on Fox 30 in Jacksonville, Super Bowl 54. Enjoy the game. Have a lot of fun. Be safe all weekend long. And hang with us on the TV side, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us. This week for Stuart Weber, Marcel Robinson, Coos, Austin Lane. I'm Brent Martineau. So long from Miami, everybody, at least for now. We'll see what happens on Sunday night in Super Bowl 54. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.